Hello, I'm Dan. I'm Simon. And this is a special episode of the Wikicast, a podcast about random Wikipedia articles. Today, we're joined by a guest. Is that my cue? That's your cue. That's true. Well, that's going in. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatnay. I'm the host and producer of the Up for Discussion podcast in Montreal, Quebec, and I'm also the executive producer of the Upford Network. And what article are we talking about today, Tom? Oh, uh, well, uh, you told me to hit random article, right? So I'm going to do that as we speak. And I can't find the random article button. <laughs> One moment, please. Like, loads of people ask us there that. Yeah. Like, how do you generate random articles? Yeah, like, yeah. There's literally a button. It's just on the left-hand side. Okay, I found it. And I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, so here we go. Here we go. The random article today, guys, is Ignatius Lucilianus. Uh, oh, the... that, that sounds Roman. Ignatius uh, Lucianus? Looks like maybe yeah. uh, Ignatius Lucianus, uh, circa 20, uh, 210 to uh, 244, was a governor of Legatus of Britannia Inferior at Iberesum, a province of Britannia sometime between 238 and 244. Ah. So he was a governor cool. of Britain, yeah. a part of Britain. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, well, we've already checked off a few things on the Wiki- Wikicast bingo. We've, yeah. we've butchered pronunciation of another language. Amazing. <laughs> Um, we've already, you know, we should probably like actually talk about the article a little bit. Yeah. I mean, before we get on to, because obviously the real, real reason we brought you here, Tom, is for your sparkling conversation. Mm, sure. And what you can bring to the podcast, but I mean, what I really want to hear you talk about right now is Igni- Ignatius. What was Lucilianus. it? Lucilianus. Lucilianus. Yeah. Oh, sorry, silly me. <laughs> I mean, on, what, what can you tell me Keep about up. it? Ah, uh, well, uh, it has been speculated that he was the son of Lucius Ignatius Victor Lolianus. Uh, however, a relationship between the imperial gents Ignatia and Ignatius Lucilianus has been described as very doubtful. Mm. Okay, yeah. so we right. don't really know where he came from. So, yeah. so where did you say he was governor of? Uh, he was the governor of Legatus or Britannia Inferior. Um yeah the wikipedia page says little else is known of him although he seems to have been involved in the rebuilding and expansion of the fort of durham along with his predecessor Ooh, another name i get to butcher macilius fuscus rebuilding of durham i reckon britannia inferior must be the north then yeah so well britannia inferior or lower britain was the province carved out of roman britain around ad 197 during the reforms of Septimus Severus, so it would have been um, like a, like I guess an extension of like Londinium, you know, like mm. the the uh, the original settlement for London, yeah, yeah, so yeah. South su- Southern England, and then you would have they would have made was there was there a Britannia Superior, I guess, or? I guess. The, um, the Wikipedia page for Britannia Inferior says, uh, including much of modern northern England, as well as the area that is now Wales. Um, okay. Ah, okay, so it's basically it's basically the bits of the UK that are underdeveloped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by, by modern, like, the UK government tends to forget that those bits of the UK exist. Oh, fuck. Hence Inferior. Hence Inferior. Well, yeah, yeah. it goes back all that way. We've learned something. <laughs> Very cool. We've learned something today. Well, that's it. We could tip that off the Wikicast Brilliant. bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. That's... Uh... <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's actually that. I've got to say, that's one of the more interesting things we've learned. Little nugget of information. I don't think we've ever had a a kind of a a, a bio page for someone of antiquity. No, um, we had Mehmed the, the Conqueror. Yeah, but he was right. later, though, wasn't he? He was, he was like, the one that ended antiquity in yeah. like some arguments because he was the one that took Byzantium from the Byzantine Empire. Yeah, yeah. So no, I don't think we've had anything that's actually been to do with your degree. Whereas, <laughs> have we had anything that's to do with mine, really? 
Not really. We got close with. We had a crater once that was named after a god that oh, I could Eudoxus. kind of ramble about. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And then, you know, you could talk about craters and other sciencey, interesting, <laughs> yeah, slash boring. <laughs> but stuff. but so far, we're kind of uh, none for what episode is this? 13, 39? 39? something like that. We, we we still haven't had anything that we're actually qualified to talk of until yeah. now. Yeah, until, until now. <laughs> until one thirty nine for Dan mm. and zero for me. But I mean, so if 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 you were to choose a wiki, what were you hoping for? Tom, what what's your kind of area that you could you could randomize on and you'd be like, well, I could talk about this. Oh gosh, uh, probably like sitcoms, very specifically Frasier. I think I would do pretty well if the random article was Frasier. <laughs> I've never I've never seen any Frasier. Really? Yeah, I'm never, not either. I don't think I've heard really good things because I know um I know Sips. Yeah, you know Yogscar mm. Sips um Twitch and and YouTube uh, powerhouse. He really? he really really likes he really likes Frasier. He's often often kind of quoting it. But am I right in saying that it was an off it was an offshoot of Cheers? That's right. Yeah, it was a spinoff series that actually ran at the same time as Friends. Like I think they they launched like the same year, but maybe a couple months apart. All oh, right. Yeah. So that was a real golden age for like US TV then, because that was the same time yeah. as the original run of The Simpsons when it was good. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it also caught the tail end of Seinfeld as well. Oh my like God. the last oh, couple wow. seasons of that were during yeah, yeah. the first couple seasons of Frasier. American, um, like American sitcoms, I've never really gotten into. Mm. Like The Simpsons is basically the extent of my US TV knowledge. I think that's partly because we had to pay for it. It was, okay, it was only yeah. on paid networks here. Like it wasn't on BBC or ITV. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think also like whenever we whenever we talk about uh, last episode, we discussed um, ooh, what was it? Death at a Funeral. Mm. How there's mm-hmm. the, the original uh, kind of British film and then the American remake, both great films in their own rights, but both very different films. Yeah, kind of, right. you know, the whole idea of kind of a, a, the British comedy versus American comedy, kind of that kind of black deadpan humor for Britain mm. versus the more kind of slapstick or crude Dumb, kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's I don't not know. that I wish to stereotype. I have watched but... <laughs> some of The Office, the American Office, and it's actually not bad because you yeah. can't you can't really compare them. They're yeah, so, they're I, I so like different the in their, in, you know, how, as, a, as to how they were conceived. Um, yeah, it's all right. You know. yeah. So is that your kind? Because of, I actually don't know your background, Tom. What is so? We basically gave, gave you gave like a ten second elevator pitch for yeah, uh, yeah. Your, your existence on planet Earth. But like, <laughs> um, tell us a bit more. T- tell me, you know, like, or tell us. Sorry, I forget that Dan is here. But I'm, for, I'm here, for context yeah. readers, um, both Dan and I. I can't speak for Tom, but both Dan and I are topless. It is incredibly warm here. It's so, ridiculous. So Dan hard. and I are sat next to each other, sweating, topless, uh, yeah. doing this podcast. Drinking, so I just looked well, over and I was like, beer oh, as well. I, you've, you've finished all yours, so it's it's properly laddie. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. I looked over and it was like, oh, I forgot you were here. Yeah. Is it still raining? I, yeah. for, I can't feel it. Um, so yeah, Tom, sorry. Uh, what, what's your kind of background? Where, do, where did you come from and where, where are you at the out? moment? Yeah, uh, well, so I am a podcaster based out of Montreal, Quebec in Canada. Um I guess in terms of background, so right out the gate, I don't really have an academic background. I was an art student for a while, and then I dropped out of that, uh, took a few classes at uh, Berklee College of Music in Boston, uh, dropped out of that, and uh, have kind of just been feeling my way out through the sort of um, online media landscape since then. Um, I worked for a while uh, with uh, Tim Blay from Acapella Science um, Mm. as sort of a production assistant on that channel. So uh, that's actually how Simon and I got connected initially. Uh, Yes, we uh, we did an episode of that for discussion like a year or so ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. After the the Hamilton parody that... uh, Yes. that we were both a part of. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, so yeah, sort of just a like mostly self-taught internet person at this point, um, kind of all over the place artistically, but uh, with a primary focus on comedy for sure. Um, What's your instrument, yeah. by the way? Because you, you said you did music stuff for a while. Yeah, so actually, uh, Tim and I, before Acapella Science, uh, we were in a acoustic like cover band duo together, um, sort of in the in the vein of all the big YouTube people from back then, kind of, you know, two dudes sitting down with guitars and and singing things with sweet harmonies. Um, so I started out um, just as a singer, uh, but I also play guitar and a bit of keys and bass, and you know. So yeah. would you say you're comparable to the Milk Carton Kids in any way? I don't know the milk carton kids. Oh, oh here no. we go. Dan. Gosh, you should release have said, the river. Yeah, you shouldn't oh, have no. said that. They are by. They are probably my favorite band at the moment. Um, okay, send I, me some stuff. I'll give it a listen later. Yeah, they're superb. They've just they've actually just released. They've been spending like the last year and a bit producing a, a new um a new uh, a new album. And previously, mm-hmm. their stuff was just it's two voices and two guitars. Mm-hmm. The guitars are in harmony, much like with the voices. But this time, they've done. Um, they've added like way more instrumentation to the album. When I came back from uh, Rome a couple of a couple of weeks ago, um, I ordered the vinyl and I played it like as soon as I got in. I didn't even unpack, and it's amazing. They've put so much work in, but it sounds like from yeah, you, you'd probably be really into them. I'll send you some stuff, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, they're really really great. And you have something very big coming up in the next couple of months. Am I right in saying? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, big things sometimes call in, come in small packages. Uh, <laughs> I, my partner and I are having a baby in October. Oh my goodness. Which yeah. is terrifying. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And yeah, it is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But how ex- <laughs> so exciting though. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting mix of, uh, of like really wonderful and also really stressful yeah um, yeah and so as a as a result of this we um because we record all of our shows out of our house um in order to keep our network alive we're doing a fundraiser to uh build a sound booth so um oh, yeah cool. which, which was the podcast that i was on there'll be a link in the description or the show notes mm-hmm. even um to the up for discussion episode where i featured which was really fun not yeah. least because you asked me to talk about dinosaurs yeah uh, and that was a grave <laughs> mistake yeah um, I, I did that on purpose. I knew that you would like thrive in that situation, so I was like, you know what, let's do it. <laughs> Definitely give give up for discussion and listen. It's really fun. It was. I think it was probably apart from obviously every week of the Wikicast, Dan. Don't worry. Mm. Um, I think it's probably the most fun I've ever had recording a podcast because it was, you know, it was just three people having a really good time, and then there was just happened to be microphones there, which is my favorite kind of content. Yeah, I think that's what a podcast should be. Really, yeah. like I think it's something really kind of low key, with the exception of something that's like fulfilling, like a specific maybe kind of uh, purpose or need like i was listening to mm-hmm. they've been doing some reruns on the in our time oh uh, yeah, yeah podcast kind of channel mm-hmm. and they've been putting some b- back from a couple of summers ago and i was listening to uh, glass an episode on glass um and it yeah. was super interesting like you know and that, and that works because it is a, kind of a formal structure yeah absolutely whereas, whereas most podcasts i feel like today it is very much just trying to capture that kind of casual mm relationship between between people and then you know it means that there was like a meme that i shared in the discord once which was listening to a podcast feels like there's a, a poster of people like laughing and having cereal and breakfast together mm. and then like as the listener you're sat there next to the poster with a bowl of cereal yeah, being yeah. Like, ah, i'm part of things <laughs> yeah um i feel like that is what most podcasts today feel like yeah, that's is that, how, how long have you been listening to podcasts that's to both of you by the way because oh, i haven't yeah. been listening that long i think, I think well 
Oh, well, Tom, it. you you no, you go first. Um, okay. Uh, I I think I started listening. Uh, well, up for discussion started three years ago. I started listening about a year before that. So yeah, about four years now. Okay. I mean, yeah. it must be. Well, we both listened to the Og Pod. From I oh, listened wow. to that since from its like since its inception. So you've been you've been listening for years. <laughs> yeah. Years. Uh, well, I'm. I think I've always been. My my brain now I think is just programmed to respond to something in that kind of like audio specific medium because obviously I read a lot when I was a kid but also when I was really little when I was you know, like a, a toddler and, and you know like four and five I got used to you know I'd, I'd have a little radio cassette that would play out of an old radio in the corner of my room mm. to like send me off to sleep so mm. now like if I if I want to sleep really well I will just put something on not music though too it has to be something spoken mm. um and I th- and yeah I, I immediately just kind of I my brain switches back into that oh it's it's time for it's time for sleep or it's you know um i had the old this the i have all of the harry potter audiobooks narrated by stephen fry on radio cassette in their like original boxes and they're amazing and then you also downloaded them on itunes yeah i did did. how much did that cost you too much money we can we can (laughs) we we can breeze over that um, it was but, three digits. Let's put it like that. Yeah, it was, it, it was less I, than four digits, wasn't it? Oh, oh absolutely. Good. I don't think I don't think it was three digits. I think what, it was just under. Yeah, because they did a deal if you wanted to get all of them, and uh, I already had some digitized. Okay, that's the other thing. That's not so um, bad then. But but yeah, they're, they're the the cassettes are beautiful, and and listening to them, I remember when I was much you know properly little, having to kind of scamper out of bed because you could only get a certain amount, a certain minutes worth per oh, side yeah, of a disc. <laughs> yeah, so you'd, you'd, he'd literally be like midway through a sentence and it would be like, and Harry opened the door, end of side 1A. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> what's behind the door? So you have to like get out of bed. And... You used to get those tapes that had like four sides, didn't you? As in, you'd play it through side A, side B, and then you'd flip it over again and then it was like an, an, a different it wasn't oh, I had like a double yeah 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 I had a double. and that blew my mind as a kid yeah i, I had no idea how they worked they were super yeah. cool. and and also having to remember i remember some you'd be listening through maybe you'd be going for maybe an hour or so and then the the, the kind of the cassette would just start to kind of chew itself up so you have to really carefully run over stop it slowly rewind it so it's back together take it out put in the cleaner um <laughs> they had like a little kind of a cleaner disc that you could put in a cleaner cassette rather and let that run out for like five minutes and i remember a little you know six-year-old dan maybe 10 30 at night sitting cross-legged on his bedroom floor waiting for the cleaner <laughs> cassette to go through so i could get back into, See, into what i was it. what i was doing in the middle of the night at that age was catching mice because my cat bless him i miss him so much um a family cat called henry was a really good hunter mm. except he bring the stuff back alive because he was trying to teach me how to hunt mm. <laughs> so like it felt like most evenings I would be chasing a mouse or sometimes it'd be a frog or very now and again it was a bird but they were almost always dead um, and like trying to shepherd these things around. Mm. So there was me cross-legged on my floor normally wielding for some reason six-year-old or eight-year-old Simon thought that spaghetti was the perfect weapon like dry spaghetti was <laughs> yeah. the perfect weapon because you could like poke them around it was light yeah. and you weren't going to injure them if you accidentally hit them too hard. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I had a slightly more stressful wow. <laughs> evenings. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's interesting that you uh, you got into podcasts, I guess, because you were listening to stuff as a kid and it sort of like became something you needed. Uh, yeah. I, for, for similar things for me, like I, um, I, my primary thing that I do while I listen to podcasts is work. Um, like I need to have oh. something on in the background and it needs to be like 
dialogue based uh, Mm. or I can't get work done. And uh, I think that for me that comes from as a kid, I would watch TV while doing my homework. So I would be sitting there like, you know, doing all my lessons and everything and something would be on in the background, whether it was SpongeBob or Star Trek or Digimon, whatever it was, uh, I had like voices kind of carrying a conversation uh, distracting my thoughts so that I couldn't like wander too much. Like, mm. like I would be thinking about my work and the only sort of stray thoughts that would happen were the TV. And because they were usually like pretty linear and like on a path, it wasn't actually that distracting. Yeah. See, that's interesting because yeah. when I try and work, as I'm sorry, when I work, that's a bit <laughs> when, when I work, I, I often like tell myself that I can work with voices playing in the background. And for me, that's either uh, a VOD of a live stream. Normally it's like mm-hmm. the Oxcast playing something uh, or it could be, you know, like gameplay of something. And I always think that I can work to it, but I always mm. get distracted. Mm. So I don't know, is that something, do you think that, I mean, do you find yourself like every now and again, you'll just be like, oh crap, I'm, I'm just listening or I'm just watching stuff rather than, mm. you know, actually getting on with work or, or do you, you know, like sail through? I, I pretty much just sail through, honestly. Uh, I think if there's a video element incorporated, like if I've decided to watch Netflix while working, there's a better chance that I might get distracted. But if it's mm. audio, I can really just... Uh, it, it sort of ends up being secondary. Yeah, it's a kind of the kind of audio you're playing too, because when, when I listen to stuff, mm. I make sure that it's it's turned up enough that I can hear it, but not so much that it almost... when you When you really start to focus on the task at hand it just becomes like almost like white noise but mm-hmm. it's but it's it's dialogue yeah, yeah. um yeah i you know i oh man i was working in what was it that i was trying to work to because there was one exception to this and i think it was i tried listening to a yogpod hmm. or or a triforce and because that conversation is so it's it's so conversational it's so back and forth between multiple people mm-hmm. that that that's when it became distracting whereas something like in our time where you get maybe one particular person talking for like they have five minutes of their own time and then they'll switch to somebody else and it goes through it's a little bit easier to... yeah i get that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't know because i i often feel like i i as i sorry i've often thought about doing something audio based to do with education or something and to mm-hmm. try and make something that is you know like um chill and it isn't a conversational thing it is the kind of thing that people could kind of learn almost by osmosis mm, right like, not necessarily a revision tape but like i don't know like asm maths or something like tr- trying to do <laughs> like softly spoken science notes or something. asm arithmetic yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like i don't know that. i feel like i did come across one asmr channel that did like had done some science stuff but i don't know i feel like that's a vein that hasn't been exploited yeah um you know this would be interesting like, experiment to see yeah. I'll add that to the pile of uh, things that I don't have time to do. Stick it in the think tank, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I should probably regale people with this one because uh, I'm working on my thesis corrections. I actually set up an email reply. Presumably, Tom, you got one of these. I got two of that today, yeah. Yeah, I set up a little email reply <laughs> that says I'm working in my thesis cave this week. So mm. if you're emailing me and I don't get back to you, it's not because I'm being rude, it's because I'm trying to put my thesis in the f***ing ground. <laughs> um, and uh, basically I went to the library today and I spent the past nearly two whole days generating a data set, which was the kind of the key thing that I needed to finish off this last bit of this chapter and then basically this was like the domino this was the first domino that fell and then everything else followed from it and it was just writing additional stuff in the rest of the thesis and i got there i got one plot out when i was like ah, okay cool that's like a test done right now let's get back to the code i made some changes and then let's run that that plotting our plotting program again 
And um, I accidentally hit like up on my D-pad one too many times, which then wiped all the data and then no. regenerated a new file. So it's currently running in the background on my laptop whilst we record because oh. I desperately need it. And I just like, because especially it's, it's so devastating because I set aside this week to do this work. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, it was like, right, it's not quite finished yet, but that's fine. Let's just clear everything else in my to-do list. Let's reply to emails. Let's catch up with like transferring footage all that kind of thing. And then on Tuesday, we're going to get to it. And then on Tuesday, I finally got to the library, finally sat down and then I couldn't do shit at all. Mm. Oh. And I just had to leave the library because I was so angry yeah. yeah like i I went i went to the gym and um i start out at the gym with a warm-up to basically get my because i'm trying to lose weight whilst um whilst sort of getting toned so i do a sprint i do i do a, a two kilometer run with a sprint at the start of the session mm. and i just got to the sprint section and just kept going so i was like i'm burning the anger out of me mm. i was running like 20 kilometers per hour for mm. like a minute or two mm. i was just there like oh, it's good yeah it's good <laughs> That's a really productive use of your anger. Well, I figured it was more productive than just going home and moping and, yeah. you know, just, just watching Game Grumps or something because <laughs> that was the alternative, was just to go home and feel sorry for myself. You'd make an amazing Sith. I would make an amazing just, Sith. Yeah, like, be perfect, just harnessing all that raw frustration. Well, we were and... talking about this the other day, weren't yeah, we? Yeah. Like, would we be Jedi or would you be Sith? Because I, I always like to think that I'd be a Jedi, but mm. I'm pretty sure that the way I, I have a very big anger problem... Um, and I'm pretty sure that I would be a Sith because I, yeah, I try and harness that. Uh, mm. What's the line that the Emperor has? Uh, no, no, he says I can feel your anger. Mm. Um, strike me down with all your hatred, and your journey to the dark side will be complete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like complete. Uh, <laughs> what, what, Tom, would you be a Jedi? Would you be a Sith? Oh, there's no question. I would definitely be a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like a man who knows what he's about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm I'm one of those people where like people talk about their like Harry Potter houses they've been sorted into. I've never had to do the test to know that I'm a Slytherin. I'm yeah, I'm too motivated. Nice. I'm too yeah. like like the I'm just I'm a person who like needs to get shit done and feels like I will do whatever I need to to do that. Mm. Uh, and I try to be a good person through that. Um, but like. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, I'm definitely a Sith. I'm definitely a Slytherin, uh, and I'm definitely. Uh, whatever Myers-Briggs type doesn't care about Myers-Briggs tests and thinks they're a waste of time and wants to just do things that are productive instead. Well, I mean, Dan, you're our resident Potter expert. Would it be... So I feel like I'm on, in, in our time now. Mm. Um, would, you be, would you think it's fair to say that Slytherin... Slytherin doesn't mean you're evil. That's a common misconception. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, not at all. No. No, no. Just, yeah. I don't, I don't think Slytherins are evil. I think they're just, like, really, like, determined. Yeah, determined and and it's like what does I think Pottermore says like de- it's determination, like a degree of kind of wit and cunning, and you know a kind of this this a guile. But this yeah, it's a it's a it's a common misconception that oh Slytherin, you're gonna you're a bad person. Yeah, because really. I I I kind of thought when I did the Pottermore test that I might get Slytherin. Hmm. I was I was actually honestly pretty sure that it was gonna be Ravenclaw. Worried it was gonna be Hufflepuff. Even more worried that it was gonna be <laughs> Slytherin. And I turned out to be like ninety-two percent Gryffindor. Ha- really? Hufflepuffs are really yeah. lovely. When you actually look at when you think about the values they stand for, I think it's, one, I think it's such a it, it's a it's a real compliment because it's it's saying that you're actually you're more than your stereotypical characteristics. You're very you're very caring. You're very um, you're very loyal. You mm. look out for others. You know, I think I think everyone's a Hufflepuff. Really, and there's, a, there's a bit of Hufflepuff in everybody. It's just those who mm. who may have it may it may kind of exhibit some traits a little stronger. That then because oh you're clever, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Oh you're a little bit reckless, Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 
oh you kill people slither no i mean like <laughs> yeah no it's it is always a bit incongruous isn't it it's just like it will take well the, you mm. know the, the four types of people are good mm. evil smart and other yeah and that other one <laughs> um it's it's a real shame i was you know i'm i usually as my kind of like primary form of of procrastination i find myself going onto the pottermore like reading various articles and and kind of um additional writing that jk rowling's done to mm. to so we can kind of you know just so I can kind of relive what it was like <laughs> to get new information in, in my favorite universe. Um, and there were, we were meant to go to the Hufflepuff common room. There were meant to be bits where she was meant, you were meant to be taken to every single one because you do see, you see the Ravenclaw one, you see the mm. Slytherin and the Gryffindor, but the Hufflepuff you never get to. But um, that, yeah, she had whole scenes written through there and it's a really cool way of getting, you've got to tap. I think you've got to tap the right barrel. There's all these big kind of oaken barrels um, down near the on the corridor that leads off from the kitchens in, mm. in Hogwarts and if you don't tap the right barrel you get drenched in like vinegar and if you do it <laughs> kind of falls away and you go through and it's meant to resemble like a um, a warren or a badger's set or something it's kind of earthen and if you look it's out the windows hole. you can see kind of like grass poking yeah it's literally like a orbit hole basically um, but it <laughs> sounds like such a lovely place I always I always call bullshit on the aspect of you, the other students didn't know where the other common rooms were mm. or how to get in <laughs> 11 year olds would definitely tell each other that kind of thing yeah 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 jk rowling definitely overestimated it, comes back, the it does it does come back down to that whole you know like the you know housing houses at private schools in england yeah. the amount of like the house rivalries mm. that you'd get you would be you would keep things within your house like but when, you, when you first and... arrive at these places surely you don't know that really like no but i mean well, i don't know it, None of us went to Hogwarts. No, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is, I, this is Tom, the, I'm assuming you didn't. This is the floor. No, I, I'm not in the right continent. For no, that. you would have, you would have gone to Ilvermoney. Oh God, yeah, that's, that's the, the American uh, version. That's the American. Well, so, presumably, it's America and Canada. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we don't want to accuse you of being American. Then uh, that's no, it's it's okay. I'd still like to apologize for my continent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you get mistaken for being American a lot, and then do you feel obliged to apologize? For you know, for everything. <laughs> oh God, no! I'm a hoser. Uh, no one, no one has ever thought I was. Yeah, American. Can, given that you just said that particular phrase, there was it left us in <laughs> everyone who's listening in no doubt. Yeah, he's absolutely a Canadian. Yeah, I mean, and also you know the whole apologizing thing. Yeah, yeah, itself yeah. Would just yeah. Be it like... was the like I'm a hoser. It's like that, like it's the vowel. It's a vowel. It's so unique <laughs> to that part of the world. Um, it's yeah. really it's such an endearing accent. I love it. To be fair, I think that I have less of a Canadian accent than uh, even than some of my co-hosts, but like certainly it's there, it, yeah. and it sneaks out sometimes too. Mostly just in weird vowel sounds. Yeah, mm. I mean it's the classic like yeah. eh kind of sound, isn't it? Like that's that's yeah. the the is it South Park? What who who is it that takes takes the piss out of of Canadians for doing that? South Park, yeah. yeah they have South different Park, characters yeah. too, right? Their their <laughs> their heads just rock from side to side when they speak. They're like two D little paper cutouts rather than <laughs> yeah. actually animated yeah. people. I haven't watched that film in so long, the original South Park, because um, yeah. that's where that first came from. It was the two, there, there was like a Canadian double act, is that right? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Ooh. I'll, I'll get Terrence it. and Philip. That's it. Terrence and Philip. Yeah, go. yeah. And then it's like farting. There's a whole song that's just like farting. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the devil and Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The antagonist. Mm-hmm. That's a weird film. Now you think about it. Well, I mean, South Park, yeah, in terms of its kind of like 
its values and its moral compass and everything about it really it's just so skewed they did a world of warcraft yeah. episode though oh, which yeah. immediately the, the i was like oh this, this show must be really great yeah yeah is, is that another one that's on your radar tom is, is is that one of the articles that if we'd landed on something to do with south park that you would have been very um, happy i so i don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of south park uh i was young for it when it was like sort of in its heyday but actually we we almost um the movie came out when i was seven and uh for my seventh birthday party i really wanted to watch the south park movie with my friends and my mom was like look i'm fine with this but i can guarantee your friend's parents would take issues with you Mm. watching the south park movie at your birthday party with them yeah uh so we're gonna watch men in black instead uh and we tried to do that and nobody was into it so we switched it over to pokemon and i really wonder if south park would have gone over better yeah my mom had just been like (laughs) less afraid of making me a pariah I mean, absolutely, no doubt the kids would have loved it. I feel like, because especially when you're at that age, it's just like, oh, we're watching the 15. We're watching yeah. the thing that we shouldn't be watching. I don't think I would have, right. I don't think I would have seen my first episode of South Park until I was maybe in year, year six or year seven. I don't, I didn't watch any South Park apart from the movie, which I watched the sleepover. I didn't watch any South Park hmm. until uni. Yeah. Because it just passed me. Well, again, how old are you It wasn't guys? available. I'm, I'm 21. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, little babby. Babby. Simon, how how are you? You're 42? I'm 27. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, so I'm like right between you guys. That makes sense. Okay. But yeah, because the the movie came out 2003 or something like that? Yeah, no, I think it was even earlier. Because, yeah, because I just think it's a Saddam Hussein. Mm. Like, um, I think it was after the invasion of Iraq. Uh, 1999. It was 99? Wow. It was the same year as The Matrix and The Phantom Menace. (laughs) Yeah. What a year for cinema! Good lord! Yeah, cheers. Somebody made a reference actually um, today on a, um, a Slack that I'm part of, and they were like, uh, "Oh man, a video was great. It was like poetry." Mm. I was like, "It rhymes." Yeah, it's so dense. <laughs> every every frame. Um, I love it when you meet. Are, are you a fan of Red Letter Media, Tom? Ah, uh, no, I don't know them. Oh, you should. They actually have their own pet Canadians. Come to think of it, yeah, they they're, do. They're, oh, really? They're in. Um, is it Wisconsin? Somewhere that like is that, America. No, yeah, yeah, but they're they're in the very north of America, <laughs> uh, and they uh, they're in. Oh God, I'm gonna kick myself for this. Dan's googling it. Mil- um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin looks like. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, that's Milwaukee, it. Yeah. And then they also have these two Canadian friends who work in VFX who sometimes come down and they do okay. movie based stuff. Uh, it's one of our favorite channels. Mm. Like, it's very very good. It's and and again, it's sort of going about the pr- the production levels thing actually. Like they actually kind of hit the balance because they have very conversational mm. but with high production values at the same time yeah like it's very mm. slickly edited um you can tell that it's like a format that they do yeah but it, it always feels like it's just kind of mates messing around with mm. a certain mm. degree of being scripted uh, but yeah if you haven't if you haven't watched them you should definitely check them out um yeah they also do um commentary tracks from movies uh, which we recently discovered mm. uh where oh, it just okay, like release yeah. release on bandicam and then you play it alongside the movie um, yeah. and it's like you're watching it with friends which it's, is yeah. really sad it was really it, good, like yeah. it was really it was quite funny I'd love to do something like that I've do. done a couple things like that it's uh, it's quite an adventure yeah. we, um, we've done it a few times as bonus content for our show uh, exclusively with uh, movies where um, young girls from the city move out to a ranch to save their family's <laughs> ranch uh, and they like befriend horses and have to like you know win a race or whatever yeah, in order amazing. to make sure their ranch doesn't get foreclosed yeah it's a terrible genre and there's hundreds of them really and, uh, yeah that's awesome yeah, it's a, it's a oh, i want to watch one now <laughs> can you can you recommend us some titles 
you oh, can absolutely yeah. predict. Um, you can. I, I, I can already think about the plot for most of these. Must be something <laughs> along the lines of girl goes back realizing that actually that she gets the first week on the farm she's like oh my god i hate it it's so great you know there's there's no phones or malls or things there's a large muscly white guy with like long brown hair <laughs> well i was thinking more but actually it turns out that when she was she was mucking out one of the stables and she has like an encounter with one of these horses and she ends up really liking this horse and then she has the the, the kind of the old the, the person who owns the ranch She's like, oh, you you should go and try racing one of these horses, you see. <laughs> and then she do, she goes for her first race and she doesn't do so well. But it's that determination and the cheering that she needs. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna win. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. And she does, and she wins, and then and then she wins the the race, and she also wins the heart of the muscly man. Yeah, there we go. Who, who she bumped mm-hmm. into once in the stables with yeah. his top off, and she didn't realize that she was there. And she like, mistook oh. it. She mistook him for the horse. <laughs> yeah. was like, and then she found one. Yeah, but not the one she was looking for. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not that far off, honestly. Amazing. There's usually also an element of it where it's like there's a, a single parent involved and like the kid comes with the single parent and doesn't want to be there, uh, but the kid ultimately ends up being the one who saves the ranch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm now it's imagining like, uh, like the movie poster for this and it's Dan is the muscly topless man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this girl comes across you like you see the back of the girl's head and like or maybe like her mouth co- uh, her hand come out to her mouth like <gasps> yeah and then you're like mucking at a stable <laughs> or yeah. it's just me in the background and it's my head photoshopped onto the top of like a Shetland pony like something really <laughs> like a really small kind of um I should also say because that is a glorious moment that you'll hear in the audio where my voice just completely broke midway through me trying to say the word pony I've been I've been singing <laughs> basically all day yesterday mm. and all day today as part of being up at Homerton College for their tour and it's just it's shot my voice to pieces <laughs> we're taking such big music and we don't break and we, you know it's like 10 your till voice does. T- yeah 10 till 5:30 each day so i apologize uh, readers if uh, what, if what i now want to do based on this discussion is write a movie about a horse from the city that goes back <laughs> to the human village yeah you were your bit that's nearly almost madagascar isn't it I've not actually seen Madagascar. It's hilarious because King Julian is in it, voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen. Who is that Sasha Baron yeah, Cohen? Yeah, yeah. I so, did not know that. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he makes those films. He's so he, yeah. He's so funny. I had no idea. And then there like, was... the accent is always a bit like, where is this person from? Yeah. Do you remember Racing Stripes? <laughs> that one about this. It was a zebra that was taken yeah. into a, to a, like a, a like a, oh, a ranch, and, they, and they then they raced. Yeah, they yeah. He was brought up with other horses, and then he ended up winning a like a Grand National or something. Because horse, so zebras are stronger than horses, mm-hmm. right? I think they can go faster. I want to say, but they're just so. their temperament means you can't yeah. domesticate them. Yeah. But how about yeah? We we need to write a movie. Do do the trailer for a movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I want to take a city horse. Mm. So for one thing, we need to establish horse cities, which are all on the flat. There are no. Oh, stairs. I thought just like a, a city, a horse from the city, so like like from, from like the mounted guard of like the police. Oh, like a carriage oh, horse. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, talk. carriage horse. Yeah, yeah. 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 The carriage horse, and then it's like, oh, I'm above all these these country horses. Yeah, and it goes <laughs> to like a, a North Yorkshire farm. <laughs> what, and like it... the, an inverse war horse? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> be amazing. And then, like, yeah, they have to try and rescue. The yeah. stable's going to close down unless they, someone starts winning races. Here, right, yeah, horse arrives at the farm. Oh, look at Mr. Shiny, shiny uh, hooves <laughs> coming in here, thinking he's all. all oh, and it's going to be voiced like it's kind of chicken run. Yeah. With all these regional accents, and it's like Rocky coming in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh well, man we need to branch into the movie business yeah quick copyright that 
And then and then what? And then they come across a really big a stallion. Mm. <laughs> the untamable one. Like the one who kind of roams the dales. And there needs Amazing. to be like a is is the in these films is there also normally like a wise old woman figure? Like Uh there's there's always someone wise and old. Yeah. Yeah. Some sage being so then there needs to yeah. be a there needs to be like an old horse, a really old, like knackered, <laughs> and and then <laughs> no, it should be like it should be like a donkey that was um, well, like used to be farm. yeah, yeah like, used to be at the like a, like a, at a zoo or something, and the zoo closed down, and these people took it in, and because it's tra- the donkey's travelled, yeah, and it's like, you know, like... and then as your third act peril after they've saved the stable and you think oh everything's fine the movie's gonna win no turns out they took away the old woman horse to the glue factory oh no and then you have oh, to no. chase like warhorse chase along the road yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> no bring my friend back and then it's and then yeah it's gonna be sort of like the end of toy story 2 meets the middle action sequence from chicken run yeah that's and just i mean it's a winner it's that, saves, that saves as a day. pitch take that to paramount be like hey guys and we'll call it, it sea biscuit yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Man, wow, like man. I've got to say, Tom, of all the genres you could pick to do, what? Why did you pick that genre, by the way? What? What oh, about yeah. it? So, um, I like horses. Okay, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a person who likes. That's not the full explanation. Absolutely, shock, shock <laughs> horror. Uh, I'm a person who likes horses, and uh, at one point, uh, my co-host Simon and I were um, were thinking about doing a movie commentary, and we're like, oh, like what could we watch? And uh, I don't know how, but we stumbled across a movie on Netflix called Rodeo and Juliet. Was, <laughs> oh um, my god, that is absolute genius! It's it's terrible, but it's basically um, it, it's another story of a girl who goes to a ranch from the city uh, and finds out that the ranch is closing down or whatever, and has to win a horse race in order to uh, save the ranch. Uh, falls in love with you know the cute ranch hand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, we watched that, did a commentary on it, and had so much fun with it that we decided we were going to do another one the next time. And then we watched Race to Win, which is a movie with a nearly identical plot, but Luke Perry is in it. Um, oh. <laughs> and uh, and he plays a, a like the dad of the kids on the ranch um, and dies within the first five minutes of the movie and then just keeps coming back and haunting his kids and telling them, like, ooh, you got to... You got to ride the, the horse. <laughs> yeah. My, your uncle uh, killed me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So we did we did two of those in a row. And then um, my, my partner, who actually we weren't even dating at the time, but she was just a friend of ours and was listening to the show and enjoying them, um, messages me and says, hey, uh, I want to write a... Oh, how did this go? I want to write a romantic... Uh, a romantic short story in several parts um, starring all of the hosts of your show uh, having sex with each other near horses. Are you okay with this? And I said, yeah, yeah and naturally right. your response was, yeah, of course, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And so for about uh, maybe 20 episodes in a row last summer, uh, we had a recurring segment where the last 20 minutes of our show was uh, us reading out loud excerpts of this story, um, which I have actually typed up into a full script, uh, and we are in the process of turning it into a radio. Oh my thing. god, that's amazing! <laughs> that is amazing. Well, it's it's yeah. like our fa- we actually do have a fan fiction today, by the way. Oh, amazing! We oh, do, perfect. and I think it's the Digital Adventures of Simon and Dan. I want to say. Oh, cool, cool. Because so we, we've had several different stories. Um, <laughs> that's it's like our version of Bodega. Yeah, I, I love the I love the recurring themes, and we we have to remind ev- ourselves what the story was before we get yeah. to it i guess given that right. uh, on the kind of on the on the topic of of films and radio plays and 
stuff of a media kind of ilk. Oh, I see where you're going. I think we might mm. have to hop on over to Critics Corner. That, <laughs> we go on horseback. Be... Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 ride over. I'll get the fake we're coconuts to, out. We're gonna have to clop clop yeah. over to <laughs> yeah, Simon. Go. Quickly, add some coconut noises. Yeah. We're off. <laughs> there we go. Wow, look, we're here. What a sort of <laughs> what a short journey. Oh my god! Okay, wow. We're in Critics Corner, everyone. Yeah. Uh, well, Tom, sorry, I, I said mm. in the email to you when we were sort of setting this up um, to, you know, if you've been watching anything, and you came out with the perfect response. Like this oh, was, good. you couldn't have yeah. picked anything better to say. So, what have you been watching recently? Well, we've been watching a lot of Netflix baking shows. Brilliant. Man Specifically, after, man after my own heart. I mean, what, perfect. What, 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 what? Absolutely perfect. Because <laughs> is there are there ones other than the Great British Bake Off? Oh yeah. So I don't think. I don't think Netflix Canada has the Great British oh. Bake Off, so I have never seen a single oh, episode of that life one. Uh, oh my god, we've we've been watching Nailed It, which is uh, this American one that they made, like it's Netflix original uh, from earlier mm. this year, um, where basically some like real amateur bakers come in and try to replicate uh, fancy looking. I've seen trailers things. for this. Uh, it looks very really like that's a great idea. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, and then we've also, when we ran out of that, we started watching Zumbo's Just Desserts, which is this uh, Australian baking competition okay. um, that is just so magical and also everyone's really lovely yeah. and like fun and friendly. And yeah, Australia did do like an Australian version of Bake Off, literally called the Great Aussie Bake Off or something. And they tried. They, oh, really? they, yeah, it, it went basically from exactly the same aesthetic as as the British one. So, in a really nice kind of mm-hmm. uh, white, um, uh, like gazebo-y tent kind of thing, everything covered in like gingham cloths and stuff. But obviously in Australia, it's ridiculous because this thing basically turned into a greenhouse and you couldn't cook anything in it, and it just didn't kind of really work. But oh no, um, I've right now I was watching. I've mentioned Chef Table, Chef's Table before. Have, and the yeah. fourth season of, is mm-hmm. specifically about desserts. It's they're they're featuring chefs famous chefs famous for their desserts. And there was one, uh, one American woman who got you might Tom you might know who this is because I think she's really big in 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 the U.S. and Canada. Um, she she kind of like painted it or started using cereal milk in her. Oh, what's it? What's her name? What's cereal milk? the milk you get in cereal yeah oh you mean just milk yeah no but like cereal milk so you you get a bowl of cereal you pour the milk into it you then eat the cereal but leave the milk in the bowl oh i see yeah and then she uses oh. that to to to, to make stuff it's, it's the milk version of tea i'm gonna find her name <laughs> you know it's like it's like it's like how you have different kinds of teas you have different you know cereals you let it stew for a bit and then you you, you sift it out and then you know admittedly you don't eat the tea leaves but you know you, you see where i'm getting at with this yeah Christina, That's Christina Tosi, Tosi. She, oh, uh, no, well, she's yeah, she's like she's she's really big apparently, um, and she does really cool stuff hmm. with with flavors and things. But with yeah, well, this is the thing. She 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 started it by making. I think she made some. She she made a panna cotta, um, hmm. which obviously like you know cream or milk is the is the is the basis, and served it in a restaurant, and everyone mm-hmm. was like, "That's amazing! What is it?" And she said, "Oh, I just use cereal milk. Like I pour myself a bowl of cornflakes, sift the co- let it to sit for a while, sift the cornflakes it's out. It's literally tea. Yeah, and then and then just and that kind of put it <laughs> in, uh, put it through, and it was amazing. But she now uses everything to the point of which, if you go into one of her, it's called huh. I think she she her kind of um, her line of not like shops. I'm going to go with shops. Um, 
bakeries, I guess, or delicatessen. Um, you can go into where you'd mm. normally get like smoothies out of a drinks cabinet or something. Oh my god! There are little bottled things of cereal milk. Of you can iced just cereal tea. You can no. just get cereal milk. Like, it's amazing. I'm sorry. You've, I've now heard the word cereal milk so many times. <laughs> I've got complete semantic association. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That ceases to have any meaning to me now. Oh, I hate everything it's... about that. Yeah, because I don't. I don't have milk with my cereal. I'm I'm an exclusively dry cereal kind of guy. Me too. I can't. Well, I'm I'm like just lactose intolerant enough that like if I put milk on cereal and eat it, I will probably feel gross afterwards. So I try uh, to avoid it. Wait, well, actually, yeah, I could ask you this. Where do you stand on custard? What temperature do you have your custard? Okay, I voted cold, but to be fair, uh, I think that I only ever think of custard as like a filling that you can get in. Oh uh, yeah, in now, like. Like, if you stuff. have custard donuts, then I think that's fair. But I think yeah. as a thing that you as a as a sauce, if you like, that you add to something. Yeah, you... I've never oh. in my life. I have never in my life added custard to something as a sauce. I think that's. Uh, I mean, it sounds great. <laughs> it's just not part of the dessert I don't culture think I've here. I've had custard in literally years. Oh, but it's so great! I could literally eat. You know, the birds' packets that you can get. <laughs> I could literally just make a jug of that and just eat it. Yeah. What is custard made of? It's like eggs. <laughs> it comes from the packet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I just know that if you squish a donut, sometimes yeah. it comes yeah, it's, out. It's egg flour. Yeah. It um, starts off almost kind of like you're making a roux, doesn't it? Yeah. It's so kind of like milk. I think those are actually just the ingredients, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So based on a cooked mixture of milk or cream and egg yolk, with 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 flour okay. and something to thicken it, I guess. Yeah. So you tr- yeah egg egg custard whole milk. So it's like pancake mix. Kind of. It's like a liquid pancake. Yeah. Delicious. When you put it like that, that's that's gross. Because <laughs> the idea of just eating pancake mix is disgusting. <laughs> yes, I'll have an order of liquid pancakes and cereal milk, please. So the ingredients here to make to make uh, how they describe it, it's proper custard. Um, you need. Uh, oh, is this like the French but French custard? Five hundred and no, it's like proper. I think so. Like British proper, you know, like the custard oh, that we used the, to. Because the French call. I think it's creme anglaise is the official name of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 570 milk. Well, we don't need the measurements. We're not actually going to make it, are we? Double cream, uh, single cream or milk, six large egg yolks, um, golden caster sugar mixed with a level dessert spoon of corn flour and uh, pure vanilla uh, <laughs> vanilla extract. So only the egg yolks. Yes. So there we go. I guess that's what makes it different from... Well, I guess if you use the whites, you'd get something like of a meringue because you've got to whisk it. I suppose, Whereas if you whisk, yeah. you know, but yes, for my entire life, custard has been the thing that comes from the birds' packets yeah. and you add boiling water to. I feel like this is the perfect <laughs> opportunity to announce that in every other episode now we're going to have like a cooking corner. Oh we're my have god! Like a segment <laughs> where like today's recipe is, you know, it's going to be. We could do it in the style of Nigella Lawson though, and make it just overly sexual and ASMR. <laughs> take your cereal milk. Yeah, take a knob of ginger. <laughs> like, oh no, Nigella, what are you doing? Big old knob of butter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. How, critics corner what, what? it went off the rails oh yeah so netflix right yeah, so, yeah um, <laughs> cooking cooking shows that's right well i've i saw mm. i saw the incredibles 2 i still haven't seen it Ooh, i've been saving it? myself to watch it with pixel girls so it was no spoilers please. it was awesome i'm not gonna I'm, it was incredible yeah i think everyone who went in to watch it we've all been waiting so long hmm. and it was really good you know i've i've and I did. I think I, I did really well in not hearing any spoilers online because it, I, it was I, yeah. I actually still haven't heard place. any. It hasn't been ruined at all. Um, it's just amazing yeah. to see when you when you watch. You know, I, I watched some clips of the 
of the first film to mm. kind of get myself hyped up again mm. and and comparing it just how it is on the screen in terms of the actual the complexity of the shots they're using and how how kind of full the frame is with 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 mm. stuff how, how going dense on the frame is. yeah yeah but like you know like how <laughs> when when you see um at the end when the underminer in the in the first film yeah. which is where this is where the second film begins um he's like wrecking the city there are no people yeah and there's maybe like a couple of cars but it's really sparse it looks like it's been made it's like a it almost looks like a fan-made thing that someone's trying to do as an animation project whereas when you look at what they've done now it's so it's so vivid and and full and detailed and it's just it's a joy to watch it really is does it Um, does it feel like it has the pixar kind of magic to it yes absolutely it absolutely does and jack jack (laughs) all i'm going to say is jack jack completely steals the the film okay he's adorably cute and just <laughs> what happened what he yeah i'm not gonna say anything but it's you'll yeah you'll watch it and be like wow yeah dan was right jack jack makes it i i'm honestly so looking forward to it and yeah. and, and the music as well because it's one of my it's a fantastic mm. score mm. for the first one really good really good um but and it then, felt and it, and it feels the same music wise yeah yeah absolutely it's 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 really it's it's really well in keeping especially given it's been what was 13 years yeah something like that it was. I, I saw a thing actually. It was. It's this this new genre, this new way of me watching TV, which is on mute with subtitles at the gym because they have a bank of three TVs, and so you're <laughs> watching like three programs at once, and you kind of feel like it's just going straight into your brain. And you know, I tend to go in the middle of the day because I work at home. I can go whenever I want, so I can avoid the rush. But it means you get all the shite daytime tv hmm. and they were interviewing the lady right. who um played elastigirl and she didn't meet the guy who played her husband until like two years ago hmm. like they they did the really? whole film and they never met yeah um which is just nuts really when you think about it like that you could be you know have such an intimate relationship on screen and have never even met the guy yeah it's kind yeah. of like i guess when they did the um the spike johnsey film her yeah Oh, and they didn't. Uh, yeah, they, and Scott Johansson wasn't. Yeah, they at all. redubbed yeah. the voice of the AI. It's meant to be somebody else. <laughs> so she had to fit her everything in without ever having actually having a conversation with Joaquin Felix. And, and you'd never guess. Yeah, that was a fantastic mm. performance in that film. There's some great films coming out at the moment. Though. I mean, I'm I'm really desperate to see Mamma Mia two because I love <sighs> Abba and I like Mamma Mia, and I'm not going to apologise for it. Here we go. Again. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't yeah, apologise for it. Fantastic, no. and it's just good watching, and it's feel good, and yeah, and it's had such amazing reviews. People oh, okay. have been absolutely okay. raving about it. Apparently, it's mm. superb. Um, they released another trailer for Crimes um, of Grindelwald. Yep, Crimes of Grind- um, Crimes of Grindelwald. There was another one that I was thinking of. Ooh, what was it? See, there was me thinking that we were in a bit of a lull at the moment for movies because, like, The Incredibles two <laughs> just came out. Yeah, and before then there was Solo, which I still haven't seen. All right. Um, mm. But like, it seems like no one's been to see it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like it's a bit of a a lull at the moment mm. maybe they figure that no one wants to go yeah. into a nice cold air conditioned room and oh yeah that's it's exactly the, what it's I want to do the football's coming at, oh, oh oh football never came home yeah. it's like dad yeah of course <laughs> um yeah relatable there's, there's um there was there was something else I'm sure that I was thinking of that I wanted to go and see but I can't remember what it was what's on the horizon for you Tom or we, what are you yeah. looking forward to oh man so so a confession is that I don't really watch movies get out um, Get out! <laughs> I'm no, not. A, I, I, I know. I, I barely watch movies these days. I just don't have time. Like, yeah. For for me, it's like, uh, for one thing, 
spending money to go to the theater is nuts. Mm. Um, it's it's too expensive. Even the cheap showings are too expensive to be in a room with a bunch of strangers where I'm not allowed to look at my phone. Yeah, um, it's true. It is so true. I my my entire like theater going experience now is like if I'm seeing a musical or if I'm going to an improv yeah. show. Those are the only times that I'm willing to do it. Otherwise, it's forget it um but even in terms of movies that like come out later on netflix i'll i'll look at something and say like oh i really want to see the last jedi and it's out on netflix now and i'll leave it on my list for months before i get Mm. around to it like i haven't watched that movie yet i'm sure i will eventually i still haven't seen rogue one i really want to you definitely should it's good it's not happening i I totally agree with you by the way so you're not in you're not the only one here if anything dan's the weird one (laughs) i mean I yeah. don't go to this. I go. I don't go to the cinema that often. But I think when you might watch some YouTube stuff, yeah. If mm-hmm. I'm like relaxing in an evening, I will go onto Netflix or I'll go onto Amazon Prime and sure, see yeah. if there's something there. Just because, yeah, mm-hmm. and because there's there, there's a difference in sitting settling down to watch like an episode of Antiques Roadshow or Country File, which for me is, I mean, I, lo- I, I, that is my jam. I love that. But it's a, sh- it's a shorter viewing time, knowing that you're kind of settling down mm-hmm. for a film that I might know a little bit about or something I've, I've been meaning to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I was going to think of. Um, Imperium. Oh! The Daniel Radcliffe is that? one yeah, where he's an FBI right. agent infiltrating... Uh, a white supremacist group. Yeah, yeah. It was. Right. I think it came out in in like two thousand and oh, I want to say maybe fourteen. But I I remember seeing the trailer and being like, God, that looks good. I really want to see that. And I completely forgot the film existed, and I never saw it at all. And mm. it's currently on BBC iPlayer, and I watched it, and it was mm. really good. Um, but the idea of kind of sitting down and knowing that you're in for like an hour and a half or maybe more of yeah. just brilliant. I rewatched um, Night Rider, Night Crawler. Yeah. Oh. Great film. Which was just, like, super, super cool. <laughs> I mean, it, it's also just, I think it's a massive difference in production value. Once yeah. you, when you sit down to listen to a podcast or a, um, a YouTube video, you know that it's mm. it's a format that, you know, it hasn't got a lot of money associated with it. Mm. You know, it's it's a casual format. Whereas sure, yeah. if you watch a Netflix show or if you watch a, a film, it's it's a different way of experience. There's a, just a slightly different way that your brain switched to. Mm. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's your brain is telling you this is like you sit down and pay attention because a lot of money's been spent on this hmm. um, and sometimes you want right. that and I feel like the, I, I've now been finding that more and more because I've been watching The Expanse a lot hmm. um, I'm like midway through season two now um, and I also been watching the Ken Burns documentary on the Vietnam War which because I know basically nothing about the Vietnam War um, and they're like 10 episodes that are like feature length each one of them um, and yeah it's a different experience hmm. it's it's uh, it's an hour and a half or an hour if it's the expanse of yep this is entertainment with a capital E mm. rather than this is a bunch of guys messing yeah. around who have knocked this out in a day mm. kind of thing actually finally saw a movie trailer that I watched and said oh you know what I might actually want to see this in theaters um, and it was the new Godzilla oh, oh I still yeah. haven't looks seen pretty the good. Tra- is, that the, is that a full trailer or just the one with Eleven from Stranger Things it's a full trailer they released it yesterday i think um and right out the gate you get to see that like it's got a great cast uh bradley whitford from the west wing is in it um uh, what's his name thomas middleditch uh is in there um obviously uh what's her name millie bobby brown here you go is uh 
plays I guess the lead in that um it's got a, it there's a bunch of other names in there that I recognized and like when I saw them on screen I was like oh cool that person's in this and uh it, it looks like a lot of fun yeah it also looks like um, from the visual the, like the visual spectacle of the trailer you want to see it in IMAX mm-hmm. like you've got you mu- you've got to go to a big theater and see yeah, it was right. like what we were talking about um Dunkirk no uh <laughs> the, the well Dunkirk true but but the um what was the scary one that you didn't end up going and seeing? Oh, uh, the Quiet Place. The Quiet Place. Yeah, that mm. had to be because it, you know the shots were so big, but also sound was such an integral part of the film that if right. you don't go somewhere that's got like a, just an amazing Dolby surround setup, yeah, it's just yeah. not the same. But it was so worth going, right. and it's, there's something great about going and seeing a thriller. Oh yeah, for sure, it's an experience. Yeah, it's like how people, I will always though. get popcorn. Yeah, at the cinema because it's it's part right. of the experience of doing it. Yeah. Well, I, I love the um yeah. original the, the Godzilla film that came out a couple of years ago. I thought it was quite underrated actually. Like, um, yeah. specifically the uh, the mutos um the, the the creature design and the sound design of the film was amazing. Um, uh, yeah. So so I'd be I'd be keen to see the trailer for that actually. I I saw that there was like a teaser because it was posted on Reddit. There's a teaser, but you can see a camera operator. Mm like clear as day mm. in the corner of this <laughs> teaser trailer um, and that was the first I'd heard that they were doing a sequel Yeah, uh, so yeah. I'll have to check that out I've seen the teaser but I don't think I've seen the full length one or maybe okay. I have but it's the full do you see the, 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 the weird kind of the watery looking one that was wasn't uh, the teaser that I saw okay the teaser I saw was just 11 yeah. in like a radio operating room yeah yeah, yeah. okay no yeah, yeah this this is like a full maybe like a I full trailer seen. Oh, cool. Either way, that's that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that looks great. Uh, But honestly, like, the last time that I went to a theater to see a movie was uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Nice. Um, Which, like, I just, you know, I have loved every version of that that I've ever seen or read. Are you an Agatha Christie fan? Uh, Honestly, not even. I think I just. It's it's one of those stories, right, where I think I read it for the first time in school like 10, 15 years ago and just really liked it and then had seen various adaptations of it just sort of haphazardly. And like, so for this one, I thought, okay, the cast is really stacked. They've got Josh Gad. They've got Leslie Odom Jr. They've mm-hmm. got a bunch of other people that I'm blanking on right now because I care less about them than I do about those two specifically. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I've got to see this in theaters. And I didn't regret it. It was really fun. Superb film. I I absolutely fell in love yeah. with the score. Yeah. Um. I immediately went home and and you know put the um put the soundtrack on my Apple Music and was like, yeah, this is just it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Top lad, start the podcast. We just need to say a very quick thank you to some of the lovely people on the internet who have decided that this, whatever you want to call it, level of quality of podcast mm. is worth supporting. Yeah. And we just wanted to give a shout out to some very special people who make this whole endeavour possible. Um, you're all wonderful people. And we're going to kick off with... Ben Dent. We're also going to kick off with Isabel Ostrowski. Did you not read her name out because you couldn't pronounce it? Yeah, I was a little bit unsure, so I thought I'd leave that <laughs> one to you. I saw like a really strong Anglican kind of just British now. Ben oh, Dent. I can name, I can do that one. That's fine. We also have Connor Levers. Rory Healy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You've cupped yourself. Oh, I know this one. Uh, Marut uh, Vakira Punyawat. Close enough for jazz. V Gascoigne. Uh, Henry Brewster. Lewis Watson. Eric Davis. Billy Toulson. Elliot Conway. Ben McMurtry. Who, you who I saw yesterday, with? and he's doing super well. And he took our advice on joining a choir. He emailed in for a, as a question, being like, what do I do? Mm. I added him to another group, and he's now singing with Queen's Graduate Choir Cambridge, which is awesome. So Congrats, it was ben. lovely to see you, Ben. 
David Scahill. The Moustache Man. Habiba Amjad. Dan Hanvey, the one, the only. I literally was about to say the one, the only. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically his middle name at this point. Lachlan Woods. John Mannion. Nick Webster. Luke Thatcher. Simon Torseth. Alex Creer. Jordi Eschendahl. Matt Maguire. Jay Wright. Wonderful Stephen. Papio Kirkinen. Davishram Vontabel. And Simon Vase. Amazing. That's two Simons we have now. Is yeah. that actually? Have we got more? So, yes, and Torseth. And Torseth, yeah. Great names. Amazing. Uh, we we, we um, asked you guys for feedback we're still um, working out what we're doing with this section guys um, yeah. because we do want to make it worth your while um, because you do make this podcast possible um, and the the money that you've been donating to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast does make well we're actually we've been talking about how to spend some of that money in the future haven't we yes we uh, and potentially so there's been a suggestion of a meetup yeah. over the summer which this money could go towards getting Dan over to the southeast, uh, and also possibly helping out with some gaming stuff in the future. Yeah, uh, we have big plans. We, yeah, we've a- we actually have been doing a few things behind the scenes, which yeah. is shock horror. We've been doing something at all. Yeah. Um. But um. And the, your your guys' uh, support makes it all possible. Thank you so so much. Um. That of course are our top lad patrons. They they uh, donate five dollars a month. But we also have our uh, our team dog and team cat patrons. And Dan, would you like to? Would you like to... Oh, for God's sake, I just saw the result, for fuck's sake. Oh, well, <laughs> as, in, a, in a shocking turn of events, ladies and gentlemen, we have Team Dog on 35 patrons and Team Cat on a, on a measly 30. Measly? That's... I mean, I, did, I said from the very beginning, we'd hold out. We were slow and steady, wins the race, and... Another measly. Team Dog, eh? I'm super proud of you. Uh, it is, Team Dog is clearly the superior... Guys, uh, hey, wait, what are you, Tom? Are you, are you Team Dog or Team Cat? I'm Team Cat. Thank you. I see. It was going so well, Tom. We Sorry. You, <laughs> it was going, you know. <laughs> so for those of you who are Team Cat, like all the sensible people, uh, do go to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast and you can pledge just a dollar a month, which <laughs> pays for our hosting. We give a, a pretty generous, I think, donation to the Wikimedia Foundation every month. And it's going to allow us to pay for uh, other things like expenses, for travel, and potentially for some gaming stuff on the Spongy Electric uh, YouTube channel. More on that, maybe. More on that, maybe, maybe. soon. Maybe it's already come out. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's already there. Who knows? But... Probably not, because I'm very busy this week working on the thesis <laughs> if this code fucking works. So he has been editing something. Ooh. Ooh. But uh, yeah, so th- that is where the money has been going. Um, and we are incredibly incredibly grateful to to those of you who support the wikicast thank you so so much thank you so much and now we should go back to our regular scheduled content yeah let's do it oh it's the must stable boy <laughs> top lad crisis alert we're in a crisis alert corner we are um and we've had a few people email in some crises so this is um this is the section of the podcast where we talk about uh, an anonymous reader who is who is written mm-hmm. in with something that's going wrong with their, their lives and we try and offer some advice sometimes we are qualified to talk about it more often than not though we're just trying our best oh yeah we're absolutely not qualified yeah. <laughs> uh and uh now there are three of us there's yeah. three of us to try and tackle this problem um and i feel like we, there's a, it's a relatively heavy one from anonymous this week okay um so i, th- I thought like we should deploy this one this week uh because we need all the firepower emotional supporting firepower that we can get <laughs> yeah absolutely so what, I, what i'll do tom is i'm going to read this out and then if you want to jump in with your first impressions and then we can kind of we can do do the community study group yeah. thing and, and band together and, and come up with a solution Sounds so good. uh let me read uh how am i gonna do this 
Usually or read. people use their eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's nice just a bit far. Same level. Oh. We immediately... <laughs> it's good. <laughs> that was really good. This is from Anonymous, who, who writes in saying, Howdy, friends. I, I probably shouldn't do an accent because... I imagine it's probably going to get worse from here. Yeah, also making it sound like super chipper already. Howdy, yeah, friends! Yeah, yeah. Most like, warm for the audience, this crisis corner will be talking about stuff that may make people uncomfortable. Oh, God. Like this yeah, I'm, un- I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, Christ, yeah. Trigger warnings for sexual assaults. I'm glad I'm not carrying on oh. with that accent for the there entire, okay. the entire uh, email. Here we go. Back to normal voice. Anonymous writes... Basically, I trusted a friend of mine and went over to his apartment one night, and even though he didn't mean to hurt me, I was severely uncomfortable with the events that occurred and simply froze in the moment. I struggled with thinking about it because I think if I had just got out of there, or if I trust or if I wouldn't have trusted him, or if I wouldn't have frozen, I can't help but think it's my fault and it has affected me tremendously. My anxiety has been through the roof, and I've been to multiple counsellors of late to talk to you. I'm also on new anxiety medication, so hopefully it will help. He texted me last night apologising for everything, and when I got it, I was on a FaceTime call and started crying. I was truly a mess. I felt like I couldn't breathe, and it wasn't something I wanted to confront. I didn't answer, haven't answered yet, and don't know if I should. There's a part of me that just wants to ignore it, but I have done since it happened, and the friend won't let me just forget him. I don't interact with him on social media, but he finds me in person and always tries to talk to me. I'm terrified of confronting the situation, but I don't know what to do. Please help. Thanks, a friend. Um, uh, P.S. I've just made the decision not to report the incident for many personal reasons. Um, so obviously this is, this is sort of a heavy thing to drop you in on, Tom. But what's your first impression yeah. of this? Okay, two things right out the gate. Uh, one, Anonymous, you do not owe this guy anything. Um, you you do not owe him an explanation of why what he did hurt you. You don't owe him like an acceptance of his po- apology. Even you really you owe him nothing. I do understand wanting to like not hurt a friend for what sounds like maybe a misunderstanding or a badly handled situation. Mm. Uh, however, I don't think that that's on you at all. Uh, I don't think that you like not doing anything about it in the moment is your fault. I think that he put you in a situation where you felt like you had no options and that sucks and that's shitty and he shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so I, I think you have to decide like if you want to try and like maintain a friendship with this guy, you will have to like call him out on that mm-hmm. and make sure he understands that it wasn't okay. Yeah. Um, how much you want to like rip him a new one for it is entirely up to you um but like you definitely if you want to have any kind of good relationship with this guy you will eventually have to call him out on this Mm. um if you're not comfortable doing it alone bring someone you trust to help you with it um but honestly i don't know (laughs) i like everybody makes mistakes like this at some point consent is a tricky thing to navigate and like it, it can be so hard to tell what someone is like putting out into the world if no words are used, mm. right? Um, but that's not an excuse for it, yeah. right? No, absolutely that's not. That's like, yeah. And and so like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to assume you're in college because I feel like this is a very college story of like, you know, going to a friend's place and then them misunderstanding what the relationship is. Yeah. Um, people that age make these kinds of mistakes. Um, it's not good, it's not acceptable, but it is a thing that happens and it is a thing that we need to see happening a lot less. Um, 
but the only way that it's going to happen less is if people are educated and called out on those mistakes when they make them and if you again if you don't feel comfortable doing it alone there's so many ways that you can do it with someone's help um but the only way that this guy's going to learn from this and not do this again uh, and the only way you're going to continue having any type of relationship with this guy is if you call him out on it one way or another and make sure that he understands and learns from it um but again (laughs) like you don't owe him that either right like you don't it is not your responsibility to be the one who educates him Mm, um like yeah you're you're in a unique position where you could be the one to educate him if you choose to um but like that should not fall on you and yeah that sucks i am so sorry that you ended up in that situation especially having having you know having the 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 kind of the crossed lines between you know this is a friend as well so yeah the, 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 the kind of the the kind of emotional compass is it must be going haywire because this, this was presumably someone that you knew liked and trusted and now i imagine yeah. that a lot of that kind of trust and maybe like it might not have completely have have gone but it's been severely kind of damaged but you still yeah. want you know you you said you, anonymous says at the end uh, you've made them the decision uh, not to report the incident for personal mm-hmm. for kind of personal reasons which i think that's really um that's really good that you've given it that much thought and and you know and, and mm-hmm. so really, it's really considered but obviously it's not something that you really want to spend a lot of time thinking about and if it makes you especially with anxiety um you you know you're you're literally stuck between like a rock and a hard place with with this one yeah. um, i think tom's absolutely right in saying that if regardless of whether anyone's going to be forgiven or that or whatever happened is going to be Mm. kind of accepted and people move on i think what's really important for for anonymous at the moment is trying to find some degree of closure because it still feels like it's very much like an open wound Mm. um and because that because there hasn't been any step to 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 kind of try and at least bookend it in some way so you so you have some time to 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 kind of to to kind of heal and move on um, because mm. it's still open, there there isn't a way of doing that. So I think it's it's more of a question of like, what kind of closure do you think that you'd like, and how can you achieve mm. that? Um, talking yeah. to the person will be, you know, as you as as anonymous says, it's probably going to be really uncomfortable and and stressful, and mm. you don't really want to do it. But this person is still clearly there. I think most importantly, if if that person is still coming up to you and is still insisting on talking to you and isn't cottoning on to the fact that you're really uncomfortable, you were then and you are now, um, then maybe some form of, not so much confrontation, but some me- getting a message to this to this person to, to be like, yeah. hey, actually, you know what? Things aren't okay. This is why I'm being so, you know, so quiet and, and kind of avoiding. Um, but at I the same don't... time, the decision to do something is entirely yours yeah I mean, absolutely it's, 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 yeah. it's the fact it's not... I'll just echo what Tom said you know you don't owe them a f***ing thing no um, they have yeah. they have uh, massively hurt you uh, as you say even though mm. they didn't mean to they did cause you significant harm uh, you know, yeah. and they've made you you know uh, incredibly anxious um, you don't owe them anything on top of you know at all like i was gonna say on top of that like they've done enough damage to you it's not like you're in their debt in any, in any <laughs> way I, I do it is a tricky one yeah because um, you know, the, the getting the closure is kind of I can see it feeling necessary because even though you don't interact with them on social media, they they keep pestering you in person and everything like that. And yeah. because it's a friend, you can't get away from the situation. 
um, you know, it's it, they're going to keep pestering you about it, and so it's which it, is why a, the closure won't come. Yeah, because you, yeah. no matter how how many other people you talk to, or how or how much you really talk, sounds really silly, but talk to yourself and really go like, I kind of acknowledge, okay, this is a thing that happened. I really, really didn't like it, but but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try and deal with this the best way I can. Mm-hmm. You can have all those conversations with other people and yourself, but if another person who that who is pretty instrumental in in, in, reason, in you having to have these conversations isn't aware that you're having to go to these lengths to talk mm-hmm. you you know i i the thing that made me think about it when when you said that you didn't feel um like comfortable wanting to kind of confront it with with this person um i remember i told a story ages and ages ago back in like maybe it would have been in uh, like first 10 episodes of this podcast and I got a message completely out of the blue of a guy at school in Australia who really like bullied me pretty severely um, and the closure I sought from that I didn't need it um, but he just sent me a message and, and and you know I felt I felt way better so I'm wondering whether there mm-hmm. is there some way if if meeting this person in in person um, it, is is too is too much of an ask is there something you could do mm. that maybe put your feelings down onto paper not even and, mm. and maybe that's not even to necessarily to, to show to anybody else i find it really helpful if there's loads of stuff knocking around my head especially emotionally when you when you put things onto paper i think it's i find it easier to rationalize them and and it makes things clearer and it also means that you haven't just got all of these things going just flying around your mm. head which is probably you know like not helping the anxiety yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good suggestion. Actually, um, writing a letter to this person, whether or not you plan on sending mm. it, yeah, that that might be a really good way to do it. It from from what I remember from the email. Uh, may, correct me if I'm wrong. Did the did the guy apologize a couple days later? Yeah, the, 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 now, the email reads. Okay. He texted me last night apologizing <clears throat> for everything um, when right. when anonymous was on a FaceTime call. Okay, so timing of that text aside um because that you know oops um but the fact that he at least recognizes that he did something that hurt you um and has tried to apologize for it is a good sign they know they've done wrong at the very least yeah exactly um and and so that's good like at the very least like this guy knows he f***ed up Mm. and like that means that if you do decide that you want to like confront him about it you won't be blindsiding him, right? Mm. Um, I think, I mean, hell, like I had a situation like this like six years ago and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily as extreme, but like there were consent lines that were blurred and like in retrospect, very clear, but like at the time I had no idea, right? Yeah. And like what ended up having to happen in order to, um, I guess, reconcile that situation was that I had to like, just say like yeah hey i really f***ed that mm. up and i'm really sorry and i didn't mean to like hurt you and like that person had to choose to forgive and like they didn't and we just you know parted ways and never spoke again yeah. but like that's that's a real thing that's you know like i don't blame that person for no. that because like yeah that was yeah. like intentions aside it was a thing to happen mm. and like you know um but i think it's worth remembering that like if this guy is at least reaching out and trying to apologize, then like 
again, you do not owe him anything under any circumstances, but maybe take comfort in knowing that like he will receive it well if you do call him out. Well, but you're assuming that because it may well be if you're the kind of person, I mean, obviously Mm. I'm tiring a lot of people with the same brush here, but given that they have hurt you in such a way without intending to, you know, we think um, it's quite possible that they don't, they they aren't actually apologizing really. We we often see the case Mm. with, um, uh, people on YouTube, for example, you know, people in the past like Alex Day or Tom uh, Milsom or whatever, who went, who were kind of abusive towards people and manipulative. In their apologies, they were still manipulative. Mm. You know, right. so it, it may think... well be that they have reached out and apologized, but they don't. Mm. You know, they're not really apologizing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's enough from Jeez. from what from what's been said in the email. Um, in terms of you know, like they these two people know knew each other beforehand. They're friends. Um, this thing happened. He apologized for it. Um, I, there's enough there, obviously. And I, you know, I, none of us know the, what the kind of the situation is like. But for me, mm-hmm. to if in terms of like trying to give some kind of advice or my thoughts, for me, there's enough there to assume that there is a degree of positive intent that this guy is feeling, mm-hmm. and there's enough there that would make me think, well, if I do choose to as Tom says to, to call him out on it and actually say actually you know what this is how I feel and this is what happened and you need to know this he's going to be receptive to it um, right. it doesn't or it at doesn't least matter. You, you hope so yeah exactly you, you can you can only hope so I think you know it's a it's a nasty enough world as it is to to, mm-hmm. to, to not at least try and assume some degree of positive intent and what's been said <laughs> in this email would make me assume that there's, there's enough there that could go oh you know that actually as I say, you, you don't owe him anything. You don't need to be doing this. He, you don't need. You don't need to. He doesn't need to. You don't have to accept any apologies. But you can say something, and maybe he'll think on it. He won't just read the message and go, right. "Oh, cool, we're talking again." You know, he'll. But but at the end of the day, I do think it is worth stressing that this isn't your responsibility. At the end of the day, your emotions, your well-being is the only thing that matters right now. Yeah. And if yeah, you think exactly. that you cannot. Uh, that it would significantly deteriorate your state and it isn't going to be a positive impact on you. You don't have to be a white knight that comes in and like a <laughs> like a very special episode of a TV show and tell people that, you know, what you did was wrong. You can just be like, mm. f*** you and, you know, you're out of my life. Yeah. You know, it's your, yeah. it your well-being. Because, as, as, I mean, obviously, we have heard Anonymous' side of the story. I think we have to go on the fact that Anonymous did nothing wrong. It certainly it reads as if yeah. Anonymous did nothing wrong. And so you kind of have to say, look, you know, you are in the right here you know you've been hurt you don't owe this person anything if it's going to be the right thing for mm-hmm. your well-being to say F- them and get out of you know just 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 remove them from their life that you do that yeah also yeah. emotional things like like this especially um emotional kind of like events of this kind of nature often when and these things happen it, it like it takes time like really takes time mm-hmm. for you to really kind of think about it and and properly heal and get to a place where maybe you know a couple of weeks or you might feel comfortable with talking about it and being like okay actually you know what i would i do actually want to have this conversation with you now but i just can't do it in the state i'm currently in so there's no there's nothing in about there's no kind of shame or nothing wrong with that being like oh maybe i do want to maybe at some point talk about it when i feel ready but i'm not at that place yet and i'm not going to apologize for not being in that place yet i'm just that's just where i am so um yeah yeah, that's it. Like acknowledging acknowledging yeah. for yourself that you're not there yet is I think the first really important step. And I think you're right that like yeah, I I think that if you need to take time for a while and figure out whether or not you actually want to like mm. confront this person, um that's yeah, do that. My 
my advice in terms of like if you if you get really tired of this guy like trying to talk to you um which like yeah (laughs) you should probably be tired of this guy trying to talk to you because it sounds like he's not getting the hint um just yeah even just saying like i need a break from you for a bit Mm. to process this would probably get that point across um and it sucks that you have to tell him that because he's not getting the hint but like that might be enough to like at least get you some space to process before you need to talk to him because while he's badgering you you're not getting the space you need um and what's most important is you that's it really like if there's anything that's still happening there that's not giving you adequate time or space to to feel like comfortable again then that's the you know that's the most important thing um so i feel like on the whole to sort of summarize what we're saying is that um basically you don't owe them anything we can we're going to try and assume some kind of positivity and that maybe they do they they do actually mean an apology or they'd be receptive to a conversation yeah Yeah. um but at the end of the day it isn't you know you a letter is a good suggestion i think and you don't like you say you don't even have to send it just writing it will be yeah putting your thoughts down on paper and a lot of you know if you're writing this with the intent of giving it to this person the mere fact of you writing it and being in that space assuming you're going to give it to that person maybe maybe closure enough like that's yeah. a that's a big thing for you to do yeah but at the end um, of the day it's your welfare that's the most important thing yeah. i think um and you don't have yeah. to be a hero about this there are times in life when you have to be a hero and this this isn't one of them no. this is the time to to take care <laughs> yeah, of yourself no. all right yeah. anonymous but we yeah, I think we can all agree we're all so sorry that this yeah, is this is a horrible situation. Yeah. Just, you know, it must have been really awful. And, and thanks we... for having the thanks. You know, yeah. clearly if you've spoken to counsellors and things, you've tried having these conversations. But thanks for emailing in and yeah. maybe seeking something different. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Simon and I and, and Tom, we're not counsellors. This is not what we do. But hopefully, it's it's more like just talking no. to a friend and asking for advice rather than what's my next step. And hopefully, this has encouraged other people. If mm-hmm. if this has been something that's happened to other people who may be listening or watching. Um, you know, perhaps this this is going to help you in the situation you're in. I think it's a very brave thing to to yeah, write yeah. about this kind of thing. And yeah, I think finally too, the thing that we always do when we get to the end of this segment, there is a, like an anonymized amazing section within the Wikicast Discord. Um, there are amazing pe- people there who have amazing conversations. They're incredibly supportive, even just sitting there and li- and listening to other people talk and knowing that there are other people who've who've also emailed in and and have been going through a bit of a shitty time just to be mm-hmm. there and, and what watch those conversations happen you don't have to necessarily get involved with them um but they're an amazing group of really really caring lovely people um so they'd always be there as well yeah. as well uh, we're here as well but we're only here once every saturday <laughs> even <laughs> then if we're not too busy but, and even yeah. then we're not qualified yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well, absolutely yeah um yeah. so anonymous we're very sorry it happened to you but hopefully this mm. kind of discussion hopefully we've been of some use mm. um even if it's just to say fuck you the person who did this to you you sound like a prick yeah yeah take comfort in knowing that like you are loved and yeah. that you have support and that like at the end of the day you are the one whose feelings matter most in this situation and like yeah the the only the only like practical advice i have is take mm. care of yourself and like you know if that means completely cutting this guy off yeah. do it if it means being gentle about that do that but make sure that whatever you're doing feels right in your heart and feels like the right thing time for a group hug in the twitch chat here you go (laughs) press h for hug press press h for hug 
and cue the <laughs> clopping noises yeah. because I think it's time that we went on to some other emails. There we go. Amazing. Like professionals. So we're we're back in correspondence corner now. Whoa! Um, Whoa there, Nelly. (laughs) Slow up my horse there. Um, We have an email here. Wait, Tom's lagging behind. Wait a minute, here he comes. That's the sound I make when I ride horses. (laughs) We have an email from from the one, the only, Emma Kavanagh. Um, which incidentally, um, Emma, I, I met one of your friends who's at Homerton College today and he told me to say hi from you uh, and I told him to say hi from me back to you. So that was really nice. Um, I hope you're doing well. Um, but yeah, she goes on to say, Dear Simon and Dan, after what seems like a very long time since I last emailed with my Italian pronunciation test, which was, by the way, hilarious, here I am emailing in again. Um, I've been a top lad of the Wikicast for some months now and the acknowledgement section of the podcast always makes me laugh usually in a public place, where it, which is quite inconvenient. In recent months, um, there have been some <laughs> fairly major develops, developments in my life, namely that I'll be finishing my MA in Nottingham and starting a DPhil in musicology at Oxford in October. Oh! Amazing. Very exciting. Well done. Um, while I'm fully funded, my uh, stipend means that money will be likely quite tight uh, mm. for the next three years so I'm cutting some of my outgoings mm. in order to make budgeting easier it is with a heavy, heavy heart then that I have realised that I must cancel my monthly donation to the Wikicast Patre- um, Patreon believe me I cancelled my Netflix subscription before this it's serious oh my god um, I'm so, how, wow. did, how on earth are we more valuable to you than, yeah. than Netflix I mean, you've, made, you've made the wrong choice get that Netflix <laughs> back you'll need it first of all you're saying that you want to do a PhD and then you cancel your Netflix yeah. <laughs> you're doing a PhD and you want to listen to this podcast? Out of your mind. Hero. Emma, you are out of your mind. Um, she goes, she, she wraps up by saying, I've no doubt that you'll both continue to make awesome content, still holding out for the second instalment of Kerbal Space Program. The first one was so funny. And I'll certainly continue being a big fan. Uh, if you ever want to do a musicology special, you know where to find me. Lots of love. Emma Kavanagh. 23.225 <laughs> years of age. Sorry, just had to troll. Decimal heresy. It's been yeah. a while since we... How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, <laughs> old man? Wow. Emma, that's completely fine. I mean, you know, you've... It's okay. What, we, you, we what, totally what you've got lined up in the next in the next couple of years sounds absolutely amazing. Um, the support that you have given us is 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 absolutely fantastic, and it came at the at such an amazing time where where the, where as a podcast we were really trying to kind of get ourselves off our feet. So mm. those initial those initial kind of um, sponsors were just fantastic. But congratulations on the musicology, mm. um, DPhil, and yeah, the Kerbal Space Program stuff. There is there still some stuff in the, there. There is we... still some stuff. Mm, well, it's just as well that you like that. Maybe maybe Shall that could be a, yeah a happy a happy little surprise <laughs> for for Emma. Which tap, tap 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 yeah, yeah. on the W key. Keep yeah. going up, Daniel. Tap tap tap. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but yeah, no, it was it was lovely to hear from you. It was nice to meet your um, your friend too. Um, good luck with with Oxford. You ungrateful! No. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have an email from Tapio Kokinen. Uh, subject line, Unbearding the Beard. Whoa. And editing work. Dear Mississent Mark and Claw. Oh, I see. It's like it's like how no is yesent. Oh, right. But Mississent yeah, yeah, is like messed I don't like that. Cool. That's terrible. Uh, it's your dearest reader, Tapio Kokinen here, writing once again. As Simon already knows... I'm also the lunatic controlled by Simon's old thesis beard. So, Tom, this is the guy who controls mm-hmm. the uh, my my beard's fan account on Twitter, which was oh, yeah, a very okay. bizarre day when that one when that cropped up. I was like, "We've made it! The Wikicast has finally made it!" Uh, so, <laughs> absolute madness. Uh, I'd like to thoroughly apologise, Tapio writes, for everything the beard has released so far. Uh, some of it has been amazing. It's, it's got to be said, like your remixes are. Mwah. 
Yeah, that's true, actually. They're fantastic. Uh, since my last email, I finished my bachelor's in mathematics. Congrats. Woo! Well done. And I've decided to apply Yay. for a job as a teaching assistant over the summer. I'm happy to report that I got in and, in addition, got picked up to start a master's thesis about the links between normalised... Oh, my God. Between the normalised p-parabolic equation and the heat equation. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, no, that's my, my second favourite, actually. I'm by far the most qualified person here, and even I'm not quite sure what that link is. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, apparently, you continue, I have no prior experience in anything related to PDEs, weak solutions, or viscosity theory, which are all needed to even approach this topic, so I have a lot of stuff to learn. Me too, Tapia, to even understand what you're doing. Uh, I've been studying these when I have time <laughs> off from other work for over a month now, but I don't even understand what my thesis is really about. So, you actually asked us some questions. Uh, we'll kick off with you, Dan because I've just talked for a bit. Dan, and feel free to chip on in on this, Tom. Do you have any tips on how to build a sure. good reading habit? I assume you're quite an avid reader, and I used to read no. back in the day, but now with uni and hobbies taking up most of my time, I've been struggling to get back into the habit. I keep buying more books when I hear about them, and my to-be-read pile is growing out of control. How do you, how do you keep on top of your reading, Dan? Um, well, I do two readings. I have to do the readings for my degree, and I have to do the readings to keep functioning as a human being. Um, my degree readings I usually just end up smashing out within like either a, we have like a extra has like a reading week midway through the term and mm. in freshers week is probably a good time to kind of smash out a load of the kind of the bigger stuff um, I make it a point to never read like a a scholarly book um, or something that I'm actually I have to read for my degree unless I'm really enjoying it um, before bed because then I can keep that time as I can read something for fun but equally if you've been doing a load of reading in the day, the last thing I want to do is then pick up a different book, no matter how interesting it is. Um, I would say, if you're someone who struggles with sleeping, um, reading's, reading is brilliant. Mm. Like if even even just like 15 minutes of, of a book before bed and you will, you'll find it so much easier to doze off, um, namely because you're not looking at a screen, but also it's just, I think it, it's really conducive to getting into the mind space of, of kind of, mm. um, of, 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 of sleep. Um if you're trying to keep up your reading habits or you're trying to encourage better habits, um, it's first important to kind of like recognize where you, where you're starting from. So if you know that you're like a pretty decent reader anyway, but you, um, you find it, you find you can easily go kind of days and days just because you're doing other stuff and you just, you forget maybe trying to put some form of vaguely scheduled time in like just 15 minutes before bed. Otherwise there are some amazing lists online um, of kind of like books you absolutely should read. Or if you're, I'm a, you know, I'm at this stage of my life. What books should I be reading? Um, John Green has got some amazing lists. Incidentally, also his books are really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think the best thing to do is is little and often rather than have, don't feel obliged to sit down and be like, right, I'm going to read for an hour because you know not everybody wants to read for an hour. Um, as an English and classicist, I, I just read for my degree so I can sit down and read for, for as long as I like really. But, but you know, I, you know, 10, 15 minutes every day and then you'll probably find that actually when you, especially if you get into a book you really like, you can easily do maybe half an hour or 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, little and often rather than finding to trying to think, oh, I'm not going to pick one up now because I don't have enough time. There's always time to pick up something, even if it's just on my shelf, I keep like a couple of anthologies of different like poetry just because you can, you could read for those for a couple of minutes. The poems are usually pretty short, especially the more kind of contemporary ones. Um, and then at least you're getting in your, your little time of day where you, you said you'd do some reading. But yeah, little and often. I, would say. I mean, what do you do, Tommy? Are you a reader? Oh, I'm uh, I'm not as much of a reader as I used to be. Um, yeah, no, I really, I, 
I barely ever yeah. find time to read or that's not true. I barely ever make time to read, honestly. Um, but I am a person who is very good at uh, efficiently planning ways to do tasks. Um, so here is my advice for you as a person who is trying to do the task of reading a little bit more often. Um, put a post-it note on your desk, uh, assuming you regularly sit at the same desk. If you don't put a post-it note, I don't know, next to your bed or something, um, that you will see every time that you like sit down at that place. Uh, on that post-it note, I want you to write, read one chapter. Now I want you to do that with another post-it note for every single chapter of the book you are currently trying to get through. Uh, cover your shit in post-it notes. You do not get to remove those post-it notes until you have read a chapter. That's a good technique. Uh, I find having post-it notes all over my workspace is a really great way to motivate me to do the things yeah. that are on those notes. Uh, because if I don't, my space is really cluttered and overwhelming. Um... You could, uh, if you're trying to like make time for it, uh, and you're already a person who watches a lot of Netflix, uh, maybe you're binge watching Frasier, for instance. Uh, every time you're about to watch Frasier, if you know you're going to settle in and watch like a few episodes, spend 22 minutes reading a chapter of a book before you spend 22 minutes watching yeah. the next episode of Frasier. Do do little things like that to like force yourself to read. And then you'll get into the habit of actually do you tend like, to do, wanting uh, to. Do you read before bed? Uh, if I read, it's usually in the evenings, yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with Dan. Yeah. I, I, I find that when I'm, like, it, it slows my brain down. Especially if you're used to watching stuff. Or you're used to, you know, especially YouTube, it's mm-hmm. quite, like, high, high octane. Um, yeah, it is, um, it, it slows me down. And it definitely makes me sleepy. Mm. Um but mm-hmm. like it also depends on what you're reading because like I was reading a Warhammer book and then I was reading the book about um, how machine learning works and one of those definitely makes you mm-hmm. want to sleep uh, like because you're enjoying it uh, <laughs> the other one makes you want like just makes you confused um, so you know it, it, the Warhammer one makes you confused yeah, exactly right? um, it's like this doesn't fit in with the lore at all but to be fair <laughs> there are uh, quite a few chronological inconsistencies with the uh, Dan Abnett's writing specifically with the Gaunt's Ghost series but there we go that's the nerdiest thing you've said on episode congratulations yeah, okay. ding 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 yeah. mark that one off on the uh, Wikicast <laughs> bingo um, but yeah because I, I was the same actually I, I read loads when I was a kid and then fell out of it so much at university because I just didn't have time um, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting back into it like I, oh, another thing that I'd suggest is set yourself a challenge on Goodreads if you get a Goodreads account um, and you can like add friends and whatnot um, and you can set yourself a challenge to read a certain number of books in a year and then it says like if you're ahead mm. or behind schedule depending on how many you've said you've read um, and that's been quite motivating for me actually um, that's because I'm trying to read 25 this year um, yeah it's but that's worked for me I'll say that but um, I like the post-it <laughs> note idea I might steal that I, I think that's really cool I had no idea Goodreads had that feature that's yeah really you can definitely do it at the start of the year yeah. I don't know if you could do it like in midway mm. through the year I'd be surprised if you couldn't I mean presumably um, yeah but yeah I, I just like Goodreads generally I, yeah. I generally find that if I go for a social network a social website um, for mm. anything that I do it will make me want to do better at that thing so I have Strava for running um, because it's like a social thing and you see what your friends are doing and you're like wait I, oh, I've got to I've got to go running I want, you know, I want people to know that I am trying uh, and similarly with Goodreads like you know if people add me then people are like wait he hasn't read a book in three months what's going on <laughs> um, and then you'd be like I'm reading Ulysses go away mm. um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the other question in that email was do you um, Simon specifically do you have any tips on approaching a completely fresh research topic um, <sighs> oh, bloody hell 
Uh, I don't want to spend all my time going through the needed courses as I'll take them. Oh, I see. Right. So you want to get ahead of the courses. What you need to do is you need to take a post-it note. <laughs> you <need> to st- <laughs> and then write a plot for a film about yeah. a horse that leaves the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you make it fit on a post-it note? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a tough one. With, with I mean, I feel like get the supervisor mm. to give you a reading list. Um, and like you say, you don't want to bother them with menial questions. I would say get them to to give you the key papers, um, the key sections of chapters and textbooks, because they will know this stuff. They will know what to recommend. Mm. They've done this before, um, and rely and use their expertise. And then from there, it's over to you. But I feel like get all the information from from them as soon, you know, like immediately, and then you have a reading list that you can work from, and then you're away, basically. Mm. Yeah. To quote that, uh, uh, I think it's Red Leader in A New Hope it's away mm, yeah that's one yeah yeah negative it just impacted <laughs> on the surface um Dan mm. would you like to read an, an email sure let's read another email it's far away it sounded like the standard Minecraft uh like damage damage sound. Sound. we have an email here uh from James Mumford and Sons yeah he says uh, dear codpiece and basket case uh, I just thought I'd drop you an email because uh, a rather worrisome thought occurred to me the other day and I need you your I need you to your two I need your two <laughs> you were laughing pens- at me earlier for yeah. fucking up reading out an email <laughs> oh, sorry. how does it taste well I mean to be fair actually no no I have, it's I have perfect no. perfect sense yeah, absolutely. it's even on the same line it's, I was even trying to read a different line yep um, it to me the other day and I need your two <laughs> pence on it you see I'm in Japan specifically Tokyo and I've been for the past three weeks on a university summer program and oh. whilst here I've come to the conclusion that it's pretty much perfect in every way the place is littered with tradition and heritage the language is so fun to learn the people are pol- profusely polite and kind the food is to die for I've spent most of my time outside the classroom wandering around temples and shrines of which there are many and gawping at the more lively areas um, like Shib- Shibuba Shibuya Shibuba <laughs> Shibuya and Shinjuku. Shinjuku, I think. Yeah. Um, I met up with my friend who's studying Japanese at Cambridge um, and is out here on the same program in Kyoto. Um, he con- he concurs. It's pretty much better than back home in every conceivable way. So my question is, why should I go back home? I mean, really, what are the most, if not all, redeeming qualities of our beloved England that you could actually make a case for being enticing alternative to places like this? It's fair to say I wasn't exactly a patriot before I came out here. I've always felt an indesirable or indescribable, uh, but ever-present disdain uh, for England, but my home, my travelling, um, but travelling to the other side of the world has done nothing but solidify that disdain. Please tell me why I should go home. A dehumanised number on screen, James Mumford. Wow, I mean, uh, why, sh- why should you... St- have you ever been to Japan, Tom? Uh, no, I've never. I would love to... It's one of those places that I feel like everyone says, oh, I'd love to go to Japan. You know, I'd love mm-hmm. to go to yeah. XYZ. I've never been. I've only ever been to Vietnam. In terms of Asia, yeah, I've been to Malaysia, um, and that's that's it in terms of Asia actually. The furthest east I've ever been, I think, is Hungary. Oh, which is not that far. Which and that was interesting actually, just to, just to touch on that because you were talking to um, uh, on Twitter, weren't you, about your surname? Mm. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find that person's name so we can give them a shout out. Uh, but somebody saw uh, you guys tweeting about talking to me. And uh, she tweeted at me. Oh, here we go. It's uh, Empress Salt at Nello Cell uh, tweeted at me asking uh, if I knew the origins of my last name. And I did. And I told her that. And she said, yeah, I thought it was Hungarian. I'm Hungarian. Cool. Uh, so that was fun. The only, I think yeah. the only Hungarian person I've ever talked to online, actually, it's one of those countries that you, 
I guess, you know, relatively small, but, you know, you, you just sort of yeah. never really come across. It's like the mm. first person I ever met from Moldova. And I was like, huh, mm. you're the first person I've ever met from Moldova. Congratulations. <laughs> Congrats, yeah. I've been carrying Japan. around this badge for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to go to Japan. Um, yeah. I, I've been watching a lot of this YouTuber called David Bull, who's a craftsman in Japan, and the Japanese woodbot printmaking has been like fascinated me recently. Such an interesting art form. Um, and actually, so yeah, James James has written here a list of the cultural differences. Um, like nobody locks their bikes up. Um, hentai is very accessible. <laughs> oh, these are differences. I thought that this was like a list of positives. Yeah. <laughs> like because specifically they've like nobody locks their bikes up. Uh, one is expected. So like you know people nap here all the time. People seem to have the concept of plastic conservation. Hentai is very very accessible. Yeah. <laughs> It's very easy to find cartoon porn yeah. and free bikes. Yes. Uh, I mean, what, what more do you need? It's I mean, win-win. why are we still here? Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I feel it pulling me in like a bunch of, of, uh, Whoa. Kind of Whoa. tentacles. Yeah, I thought they were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of why you should stay, I mean, I mean, if you're happy, why should you? Why should you come? Well, back? I think you should come back to reaffirm. Actually, you know what? Come back, come and, back be like, and be like, "Yep, yeah, this place is." Shit. Yeah, like come back and genuinely, genuinely think about it. Like, if you if you're mm. having that much of an amazing time there, and you're seriously considering maybe moving out, come back to England with the express purpose to go. Am I really going to miss this if I go? And if not, then yeah. use that as the step to go. Actually, you know what? Let's do it. I think it's amazing that, especially to to find such a calling and such enjoyment from a culture so vastly different to a British one. Um, I think that's an amazing place, a headspace to be in, and you, yeah, you should you should definitely seriously consider going if if your current situation allows obviously hmm. um yeah i mean it's kind of a similar country in quite a few ways to britain really like in terms of it's an island nation on the edge of a continent it once had kind of large territorial claims and now is like on a kind of yeah but how much of the, how much of that day to day is going to make a difference like you don't go to japan and go oh, i feel so at home here it's an it's an island city on the edge what of a continent. What I mean by that is like it's it's like it has a similar climate to the UK. Oh, okay. Like okay. the geography is very different because mm. like eighty percent of it is like mountains. I think. Yeah. Well, eighty percent of it's hentai, and the other ten percent's bikes. <laughs> so it's uh, it's, it's eighty percent of it is that monster from Rogue One, yeah. which now you have to watch, Tom, so you know which one I mean. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, no. the, the tentacle hentai monster. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> there are certain similarities. Um, I think a, a key difference is. Um, language that's a pretty big one i mean the language obviously yeah. um and actually an interesting thing that they do say that james says is about the the nature of the language d- differs depending on who you're talking to mm. and like honorifics work differently so yeah. like depending on how esteemed i think you are you could be daniel san or daniel kun yeah. or daniel sensei yeah it's also it's the same for like not just titles it's how the kind of way you say hello or you yeah. say how are you to a person and um, people have different personalities you know, depending on who they're talking to, mm. which I guess is an extension of the language. Um, but, but like, I think the, the key difference I've noticed is that, um, based on my online experience of it, is that, like, nationalism is way less of a thing, it seems to be, in Japan. Like, tradition, conservatism, yeah. But, like, this whole idea that, you know, Japan, number one, we're better than anyone else. Anyone who's not Japanese can go home. I know that they're, like, very... Well, as I understand it, it's quite an insular country. Like, if you move there, mm. it does take you a while if ever to be accepted as mm. japanese um but like it's i feel like the uk is probably more hostile to people who aren't white and from england mm. you know so that's that will definitely be a positive thing i mean i don't know if you feel like you've discovered that this is your home mm. then why not i mean i guess there are legal reasons 
right you probably have to apply sure. for a visa yeah right yeah this is where you gotta legally immigrate there i'm gonna whip out another chef's table thing oh, here we go. from netflix there's a guy <laughs> who's super he was super famous for his ramen he grew oh, up yeah, in yeah. Ooh, i want to say somewhere like the bronx or something um uh and it turns out that he went over to japan because he he met his japanese um a girlfriend at the time and went over and just completely fell in love with the culture he'd never experienced it before didn't know anything about it but he just had this calling inside him that was like actually you know what this is re- I- i'm totally into this and this is really me and he moved out there straight away like so people do it you know yeah yeah i mean why not life's too short yeah absolutely really? yeah also just just to give them a shout <laughs> james has written at the bottom of this email i've only just noticed it pictures are, are on my instagram at underscore james mumford shout me out you fucks. <laughs> yeah well, there you go. <laughs> wow, the br- the brazenness of it. I love it. I'm gonna go follow. Yeah, him yeah. For I'll, that. I'll, I'll well, the last time well. it happened, it was Lewis Watson, wasn't it? And we yeah. were like, these are really good. I wonder if I'm already following him. Uh, what was it? Underscore um, James Mumford. Uh, also, about two minutes ago during this recording, uh, our fundraising campaign received a $500 donation. Whoa! Uh, I'm still waiting to find out what the deal was with that, but I'm excited. Wow, congrats. So you must be pretty <laughs> close to the... Because what was the target? Uh, our goal is 10,000, and we're at 8,800 now. Wow. That's amazing. So we're... Uh, and that's after the 500, so that's like ago. a big, a massive step up. Yeah, we're we're about 1,000 away that's now. that's so exciting. And 11 days, so a little over... A little under 100 yeah, a day, I guess. that's very doable. No, a little over 100 a day. Cool, uh, cool photos, James, incidentally. Yeah. I'm going through his Instagram. It's oh. pretty groovy. Yeah. Oh, I'll, to, I'll check him out. I'm not going to follow him because his like sixth photo is himself in boxers lifting weights. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I've just seen one of those, actually. That seems like the kind of thing that the guy here would say, shout me out, you f- would do on his Instagram. I respect that. That's a really cool one of like the... No, I'm going to... I always get this wrong. It's either Tory or Nori gates you know those uh, words, yeah, gates. Yeah, yeah they feature very heavily in uh, no theater n-o-h which i studied at my high level ib theater course it's a really interesting hmm. form of theater That's, is it kabuki is that is that the name kabuki's another one too yeah okay that, that's another form of theater i i need to learn more about japan if someone could recommend me a good book about the uh, mm. japanese culture and history that'd be great right and now i feel like to wrap up this podcast we we have we've teased you about it earlier we have a fan fiction uh, you presumably Yay. listened to these before, Tom. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've been you know... I've been listening to you guys since like I wouldn't say day one, but like a while, maybe episode ten. I was having actually we were trying just speaking of like episodes a while ago. I was having a chat with Dan in the pub back in Exeter a couple of weeks ago, and we've been going for more than a year. Have we? Yeah, the first episode we put out was in July. Oh my god! Well. We should like do a special. July. We should we should do a thing on the, yeah. the channel like the best of. I was saying to I was saying to Dan, I was like, oh, it's going to be really cute because we'll be able to do our one year anniversary. And he's like, it's it's already done. You missed it. I was like, oh, oh we're, 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 so, we're so shit at this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll have it's, to do that. We'll have a to. Long time though. Tell you what, why, why don't we put that in now? Why, uh, if you, a dear reader, have a favourite moment from the Wikicast, if you're on the Discord, you could chat about this and mm. then send us a, a big email with lots of them. Can you send us your favourite, like the timestamp in the episode? And we could do a, a best of, like a yeah. Game Grumps best of. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll stitch them together and put them in a video. And uh, Maybe we could put that on my channel. Yeah. Then it will, like, hopefully introduce the podcast to people. Yeah. Because before, it's... we did a video that was like, we're going to do a thing. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Uh, and and now... this time, it's like, we did a thing. It's <laughs> depraved as sin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come listen. And it's actually lasted. It's still going. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like a, yeah. like a 
Viagra fed erection. That's lovely. Well, what, a, what a stunning metaphor. Jeez. So, yeah, Depraved send in, send in your, your best yeah. bits. A timestamp and episode, and we'll, we'll do a thing. But anyway, well, so you've been listening for, for, for way too long for a sane person to do, Tom. So yeah. you know what's in store here. This is, this is from the Moustache Man. This is from Cameron uh, saying, uh, Bonjour, and that's spelled B-O-N-J-O-R-E. Nice. Um, huh. Hopefully the attachment works this time. It seems to have done. Going to be honest. I don't really know who the guest is. So, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this is a good wiki cast. I think it has been. I think it's been superb. I think it's been I great. So. Um, also, now Tom has asked here, uh, how does the guest feel about facial hair? All right. Well, that's an easy one for me. Um, on other people, I don't care. Do what you want to do. Uh, on myself, uh, I always have it. Um, the last time that I shaved, like straight down to my skin was probably like 10 years ago um and i'm only 24 so (laughs) i i really i don't i just use um i just use an electric trimmer and go down to stubble because my facial hair grows so fast that i might as well just do that anyway yeah, me do too. you wish it's a real, that you could like it's a struggle that it, that it was like a slow grow growing it was a it was a slow grower uh i i think i wish that like i was capable of being clean shaven for more than a day at a time without it growing back but i'm <laughs> happy with how quickly it grows otherwise like you know what i mean like i wish that it was like a couple days of like clean yeah every time i shave and then like a mountain immediately (laughs) as opposed to just like if i shave then by like tonight i'm going to be like prickly again yeah okay i'm I'm just gonna say the reason that that, uh cameron's asked this is because he does have i think the best mustache he's got a very strong mustache i've ever met in person Um, (laughs) especially for like for his i think for his age too He's a, you know, he's a, he's an undergrad, isn't he? Uh, he's just done first year, I think. Yeah, that should be that. That's a picture. Oh, it's yeah. There you go. It's linked. Um, that's his mustache. Where did you send it to? Uh, the Gmail. Oh yeah, there's a chat in there. There's a chat in this. Apparently there is, yeah. But yeah, I just sent, I just emailed it to. It's the most roundabout way to send me a tweet. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I was talking <laughs> about this, but like, yeah. Uh, it it didn't. Oh wait, here we go. Yeah, wow. Yeah, nice. That's strong. That's a strong mustache. I yeah, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Like beautiful it's one of those people that you think, why does mustache wax exist? Yeah, really. Yeah. And yeah. then you see that and you think, what yes. I like about his now is that he's getting the really kind of Dali esque points, <laughs> which is really cool. Or like the hands of a clock, you know. Yeah, like Cogworth, mm. Cameron Cogworth. It's got a ring to it. Um, anyway, so after that tangent. Um, uh, quick note going to see why aren't you a doctor yet live on Friday hope you enjoy it I'm sure Alex is going to be just as acerbic in person as he is on the podcast uh, but Wikicast is still superior so nice to know where your loyalties lie Woo. Uh, right let's strap in shall we yep. it's going to be a bumpy ride I've <laughs> got to find some music for this because it's time for the virtual adventures of Simon and Dan a fan fiction story <laughs> sorry there's, there's a hyphen in there somewhere of course uh, now do now, you uh, do you want me to read along with you guys or are you good to cover that yourselves what's your What's your plan? Uh, I don't know. We've always read these out ourselves. Yeah. We? Cool. We just we the last ones we did we we would read our own lines of dialogue. Okay. But I can't really be bothered. Well, actually, <laughs> that's a point. We Why could don't we could it? do our voices and you could read out the narration. Oh yeah, that that'd would be, be cool. super fun. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's do that. Warm up my reading voice. Oh, I remember this one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is really good. Now this is the story. We've had three chapters of this before. Where we play video games together, mm. um, and I 
in the first one it was like a sci-fi thing and then it was a warhammer thing and we left off as we'd just been ambushed by some orcs in this vr warhammer adventure <laughs> uh and i had a west country accent and you had a um aussie accent didn't you i think we did we did like caricatures of was, our that, own was that a different no that was this one i think Are you sure i think no because i'm thinking of the things of magic the, the rivers of the winds of magic oh the, the one that david wrote, yeah, that wrote was in. amazing yeah that was fantastic david okay. do do get back to us on that please one. that was so um, good basically tom's gonna do the narration as if it's like an audiobook this is so exciting by the way i'm genuinely really excited <laughs> um tom's gonna do the narration and then we're gonna fill in our voices mm. um and perhaps if there are like third parties that come in that aren't the two of us you need to talk <laughs> we'll just take it in turns mm. cool so here we go um this is uh, the virtual adventures of Simon and Dan hyphen a fan fiction story <laughs> chapter four Simon continued to rampage forward toward the orc camp I love this already sorry it's perfect I really enjoyed myself I already know when this episode comes out I'm going to download it and just skip to this bit just yeah. so I can go to sleep listening to Tom's voice we're in our own audiobook yeah, this good. is amazing yeah. okay we need to do this for all all of these in the future okay, okay. <clears throat> right sorry let, let, as you were Tom <laughs> alright alright let's do this let's get serious guys Simon continued to rampage forward toward the orc camp He never did care about his self-preservation. It was a video game, after all. Besides, if he did happen to get seriously injured, his good friend Dan would be there to heal him right back up. I doubt that very much. Oh, you little face. Simon suddenly found a large ballista bolt heading straight toward him. He nimbly stepped to the side and with his outstretched arm caught the bolt in midair. Yes. He took a moment to admire the exquisite handiwork that was far beyond the capabilities of an orc, before hurling it back towards its owners like a javelin. The bolt managed to skewer two orcs and pin them against the ramparts behind them. So that sounds like the kind of thing I would do. Mm. Let's be real. Yeah, it's true. Also, tying back to the fact that we had a Roman at the start of the episode. Perfect. And a ballista bolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like oh, it. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Full circle. <laughs> Dan looked on in sheer amazement before beginning his earthquake ritual. He closed his eyes, kneeled, placed his palms on the ground, and sent a thunderous shockwave through the earth, which caused much of the camp structures to crumble. That was bound to kill off some of the orcs, he thought to himself. He then (laughs) rose back to his feet and threw his hands toward the cast thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. My god, I'm going to take that sentence again. He then (laughs) rose... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I read that as... I heard that as... He then rose back to his feet and threw his hand forward to cast thunderbolt. Cast Thunderbolt! (laughs) (laughs) Let's try that again. He then rose back to his feet and threw his hands forward to cast Thunderbolt. The lightning struck a group of orcs that had been making their way out of the entrance to the camp. It chained between them as their bodies began to spasm uncontrollably before dropping to the ground. Sorry, Dan just acted... Dan just acted that out. So just so you know, <laughs> even though this is a podcast, we are doing our own actions to this. Yeah. So we both just... Perhaps we could do sound design. Whilst this is all happening, we could do the sound effects. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, okay. why not? Right, let's... let's... <laughs> this is so... <laughs> all right. so much fun! Okay. Simon had made it to the corpses at the entrance with only a small number of arrows jutting out of the joints in his armor. Only one had grazed his neck, so for all intents and purposes, he was still in much better shape than the band of orcs was about to be. 
He smashed open the log gate with a magnificent swing of his warhammer. The orcs that had been tasked with holding the and oh boy, that's a sentence. He smashed open the log gate with a magnificent swing of his warhammer. A few orcs that had been tasked with holding the entrance began to retreat. Despite his large frame, Simon was much faster than them and had a much longer reach. He took all five out in a pirouette-like maneuver. As we know, Simon loved to add a bit of flair to his killing. I'm doing in my head. I'm doing like a ribbon dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with a warhammer. But with oh, a it's fancy. I'm just like, yeah. Like, swing, <laughs> swing. <laughs> Dan moved closer to the orc camp. Now the archers had shifted their focus toward the intruder. He took out a pair of pythons, pythons, pythons. I think pythons. He took out a pair of pythons and used them to clamber up the 15-foot wall into the camp. When he reached the top, he unsheathed his curved ruby dagger. What? Is Dan not allowed to be a little extravagant too? And used it to silently slit a few archers' throats. As he did, he listened to the gargling of blood as they gasped for air. Unlike his friend, he would never get used to killing up close. He glanced into the center of the camp and was faced with the horror that awaited them. Surrounded by maybe 20 orcs, was a 30-foot pit in which a monstrous dragon was chained up. However, this was unlike any dragon they had seen or heard about in the game before. Simon had not yet seen down into the pit. Oh, bloody dragon, I think. Dan shouted to him and pointed toward the hole. I nearly didn't know the accent. What do you mean you think? What do you mean you think? Is that a bloody dragon or not? Oh, it's bloody all right. Dan replied, as he had noticed it was covered in blood and tissue. Apart from I it, I definitely read that as blood and tissues. Like it was like bleeding with yeah. like Phoenix. <laughs> they tried to dab it. They tried to dab it down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's got a cold. Uh, covered in blood and tissue. Apart from it wasn't covered. Dan took a moment to observe it closer. In doing so, he noticed the dragon had been skinned alive. The blood was its own. God. He hopped down off the wall and began to make his way toward the dragon, but there were orcs still in his way. He now had to be careful with the spells he cast. Any hits on the dragon were bound to finish it off. He could not let that happen. He wasn't sure what else the orcs needed from the dragon, but he did know that the dragons were intelligent beasts and might be able to help them understand the orcs' plan. Simon hammered a few more roaming orcs into the ground, caved in a few more skulls, all while avoiding ah, blows to his ah, shins. Shit. Oh, wait, I avoided the shins. Oh, wait, I avoided the shins, blows. <laughs> avoiding them, avoided oh, them. You're fine. Oh, that nearly hit my shins. Ooh, my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I'm wearing these greaves. He stopped. <laughs> he stopped. The only orcs left were the ones surrounding the center pit. The pair stood waiting for the orcs to leave their post. They couldn't risk the harm to the dragon. The orcs were unmoving until one stepped forward. He was clearly the leader of this band, as he wore much grander armor. Grand for an orc, anyway. He spoke in a deep, guttural growl. The fabled duo. <laughs> Come to wipe us out. I'm sure by now you've discovered that you were set up. But there's much more that you do not know. We orcs are no longer alone. At that moment, the rest of the orcs turned inward to face the dragon, and a red ring began to encircle the ground on which he stood. Dan and Simon lunged forward to attack the chieftain, but it was too late. The orcs had completely disappeared. The pair crashed into each other and fell to the floor. They scrambled to the edge to check on the dragon. It was still there. The chains, however, were nowhere to be seen. 
Oh, that's wow. it. Oh my god. Oh my god, Cameron, you've teased us with that. Also, I love the fact that we barely had any dialogue to do. We basically just entirely let Tom do the narration there. That was very that was well narrated, though. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you. I do regret choosing that orc's voice. I got like three words in. I was like, I can taste blood. <laughs> yeah, you, you looked at me after you finished the line and you were like, no. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what happens. What, what, what happened to the chains? The dragon, the orcs, what's going also, on? I like that there's a conspiracy in, yeah. you know, like a video game. Yeah. We've been played by a bunch of orcs or a bunch of dummies. <laughs> Unbelievable. Amazing. Well, that I, I, great work, Cameron. Send in more. We, we, I want to know more. I, I feel like we should... I, ah, this is so much fun doing it like that. Um, <laughs> we need to work on our audio design, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Especially <laughs> listening. So, when somebody, somebody needs to put together to like a, a Wikicast soundboard. Of us oh. making like effects, so we just have these as go-to kind of like markers. My gosh! Yeah, yeah. gosh! Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan's a little bitch. Tom, to to wrap everything up this week, what have we learned today? What was the article today? Oh man, uh, today's article was uh, mm, somebody Lucius. What's his name? In, Ig- Ignatius. Uh, Ignatius. Lucius. Ig- Ignatius of something. Oh, the Britannia Minor, otherwise yeah. known as the North. Yeah. The North. Yeah. The North. <laughs> I should not have closed King that tab. King in Britannia Minor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you closed the tab. Oh, rookie error. I know, oh, I know. Right. I thought about it as soon as I did it, and then I didn't You're gonna have just to go c- control it. H and search through the history for Wikipedia. I'll let you know that we've never had this happen to us and the many times oh, no. we've done this in the history of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is, I found it quickly. Uh, today we learned about Ignatius Lucilianus, who was the governor of Legatus of Britannia Inferior. Yeah. That was it. We don't really know who yeah. he is. No, but, but no. he sounded kind of interesting. Yeah. We learned, we learned lots yeah. of things. Uh, we also had a lengthy conversation about... About movies where late girls leave the city... Yes, yeah. <laughs> ...to go to a small town. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to write our own about a horse... Oh, absolutely. ...that goes from the big... from Like, the, like a, a royal carriage horse to a little village in Britannia Minor. Yeah. What else? We, there was um, baking shows... Yes. on Netflix yeah. we had uh, a chat about Incredibles 2 um, the hype we, around we don't go to movies that was the other thing that was the other thing um, I was going to say the hype around the new uh, Godzilla Gojira Gojira um, and then also racial sensitivity when it came to should I move to Japan or yeah. not oh yeah, yeah. Um, we had a we had a pretty troublesome um, crisis corner but hopefully hopefully that was actually you know, the hope, I think, hopefully that was a productive discussion yeah uh, I'm glad I didn't do yeah. the voice uh, the, the Texas prospective voice for the entire thing. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. um, that was almost problematic. Tom gave some amazing advice with post-it notes, and yes. I'm absolutely going to use that. I think that's going to work really well for me. And um, you also gave some fantastic narration. Yeah, for, for, the, for, the, for the fan for, fiction. Yeah, brilliant narration for a brilliant fan fiction. Which I, uh, I enjoyed fun. tremendously. Yeah, cool. we'll have to see. We'll have to get people to email in a review of Tom's narrating. Yeah, if if people <laughs> like it, Tom, we're gonna <laughs> have to see. get you back it's every week. It's gonna become a regular thing. You're gonna have to narrate all the, uh, <laughs> the fanfic. I would have a lot of fun yeah. with that. Not gonna lie. <laughs> and that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces, Love. check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Films involving horses leaving the city for small towns of Britannia Minor 
Japanese cultural insensitivities and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And thank you so much, Tom, for joining us on the podcast this week. It was amazing having you. Um, we hope you've you've liked being here as well. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was super yeah, fun. Was awesome. uh, if you guys are listening and you want to hear more of me, uh, follow me on Twitter at Tom Zalatni and check out all of the podcasts that I work on by going to upfordnetwork.com. That's U-P-F-O-R-D network.com. Uh, we're in the middle of a huge crowdfunding campaign right now to build a sound booth before my baby gets here and uh, we're just uh, about a thousand away from our goal so if you have a couple bucks kicking around uh, you can go to the donation link that uh, maybe these guys will put in the description of this thing I don't know and uh, cool yeah and then uh, just throw us a couple bucks to help keep podcasting alive and high quality if we push you over your target you have to be the narration for all future fan fictions that's the deal that's an unspoken contract okay on on Honestly, if uh, if the day that this comes out, we reach our ten thousand dollar goal, I will make that commitment. If you want it, well, I think we have to. Brilliant, right? How much have you got in your account? Cool. I think I've got about yeah, we've got... <laughs> two massive like thousand pound donations. Well, that leaves you with one line, Tom. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and, and we'll, we'll see you next time. time. Yeah, what's what's? Have we not made that connection before? I don't know. Poor foreman up. Are, are, you, are you a community fan, Tom? That's what that is. There we go. Yeah. It's like I recognize that from something. Crisis corner in the morning. <laughs> you guys could do that pretty well, actually. Like what, crisis alert. No, like uh, Dan and Simon in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's it scans well. Hang on, if I go down and you go up at the end. Dan, Dan and Simon in the morning. Yeah, cool. No, that's alright. Like it. Like it. Um, we need matching. But well, we did have matching mugs. My, my my lovely mum when when uh, when when we kind of first went down in Exeter and, and had a place and Simon moved in, we had um, cups with our initials on them because she found really she saw yeah it's really nice and then I showed Simon I was super excited and that was when he t- turned around and says yeah I don't like hot drinks and I was like okay that's <laughs> awesome okay I mean I didn't say it quite like that I mean it was pretty much like that the thing that I thought was unnecessary is that you just slapped it out of my hand broke the mug and spat on it which is just <laughs> just classic a bit, Simon yeah a classic Simon.